0: Need some kind of like specific ending to the newscast. I know this is the new way that we end the newscasts here now, but it doesn't feel like you're done. Well, I'll, you know what um, I like. I like an old fashioned. I'm Dave Schwann, WGN. News. Well, I'll
1: I'll include that, and I'll just you know what I'll do. I'll just say the end. The next time, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll just say the end. Yeah.
0: And is that is that clear enough? like you news don't you, you news people at the when you're writing scripts don't you put 30 isn't that a thing isn't that a thing <laughs> not on our scripts here but the 30
1: is uh, the something you use that's old yeah, old journalism right it's an old journalism thing what does thing. that mean exactly i i don't know <laughs> i don't know but you see it you still see it on uh, news releases every so often yeah. that's 30
0: yeah, if you could say uh, the end, that would be great. Okay. <laughs> because doesn't it, What what is it that you say? now? I'm Gabe Schwann,
1: WGN News. Yeah. Next news when it happens. Next scheduled news at
0: 930. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Doesn't feel. <laughs> yeah, so try it out uh, with your new way. Okay, on. I'll try it out. <laughs> I'm Dave
1: Schwann, WGN News. Next news, when it happens, next scheduled news at
0: 9.30. Dot, dot, dot. The end. Schwanny wearing his uh, diamond-studded glasses today in honor of Elton's final show. Morning Captain Newsman fantastic. <laughs> Morning, Captain Sportsman Fantastic. Just call me a Tiny Dancer. No Brown Dirt
1: Cowboy, huh? Excuse me. <laughs> Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy.
2: You do
0: that! I know somebody who was at the final concert in Stockholm, Sweden. And who might that Stockholm, be? Stockholm, Sweden. Yeah. Who I might to be? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk like the Swedish chef on the Muppets. Orgy, dirgy, murty, <laughs> dirty, 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 dirty. <laughs> uh, Elton... Jim Toronto, hey, was that the final show? And I had to be, right? I mean, come on, you had to be. I, I didn't think I was going to. Didn't you go to the final few shows actually in Europe?
3: Yeah, well, I, well, I I really wasn't planning on going to Stockholm because it was it was the last show in that it was originally scheduled for 2020 and these then had to be rescheduled right. because All the of COVID.
0: pandemic shows right
3: the last show of the tour was supposed to be in 2021 at Dodger Stadium yeah but then everything happened so i was like well there's really no big emotional connection to stockholm right so about 6 or 8 months ago i said well it might i've always wanted to see Elton perform in paris never saw that he lives in paris he recorded "Goodbye, Goodbye Old Brick Road" and "Honky Chateau" and and "Don't Shoot Me." Some of his best albums in Paris. So he,
0: he really likes Paris. Twenty. So, this is like when you start talking about forty five rpm records yeah. and, <laughs> and, and microphones. So anyway, I went to the Paris yeah. shows. yeah
1: There's a good. That's that's true. The yes.
0: Ampex four seventy three uh, recorder had a good. Uh,
3: okay. Well, then, yeah, I went to the last show. Thank <laughs> you, Dean. So now, you, now when Next. you had, yeah, these I did records. go, Dean.
0: So you went to Paris.
3: So I went to Paris. on for My wife and I went, and we spent some time there. We spent about four or five days, and then we saw two of the shows on the 27th and 28th of June. And then everybody at that show, all these big diehard fans that have traveled like I do to see shows, they were like, are you going to go to Stockholm? Are you going to go to Stockholm? I was like, well, no, I don't really think so. Ooh. I think I'm done. Oh, you were disloyal. Yeah, and they kind of looked at me, and then I was kind of like, well, is this going to be it is this really going to be it i mean he he is going to be you know based on possible he is health going
0: to, he's going to be performing. but he's going to perform again not and, a, and, and not he's touring but right it, he always, you know, he's always it, said
3: from the get-go he's going to keep performing just not doing these city-to-city month-long country-to-country tours because yeah. it takes time yeah, right so uh after the Paris shows i remember being on the plane and saying to myself, how do I not go to the la-? I was at the first one in Allentown, Pennsylvania uh, yeah. on September 8th, How many shows have you been to now? 20, 200- uh, 215. Oh, wow. I saw 36 on this tour. Yeah. Five countries. Five countries.
0: Shawani, who have you? is there a performer that you've seen multiple times?
1: Yes, but not even close to 215. Who would it
0: be? Uh,
1: probably the Archies. Yes. No, Archie's. No. Archie's? No. <laughs> It was the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. (laughs) That was
0: going to be my second choice. (laughs) Yummy, yummy. Harper's Harper's Bazaar. The neon
1: Philharmonic. Feeling groovy. (laughs) (laughs) No, probably Oscar Peterson.
0: Oh, look at you, Mr. Jazz Man. I saw Oscar Peterson several times myself. It was a couple times in a club back in my jazz days. Never forget that. No, was that your smooth jazz or just your real? Well, jazz? it was it coincided with my <laughs> smooth jazz, taste, but I hated smooth jazz so much that I liked. <laughs> I like seeing actual jazz performers <laughs> right. like Oscar Peterson. Yeah, no. That's there are some
1: right. other f- in the jazz idiom. I probably saw maybe six or eight times, oh, but two
3: hundred and fifteen. Isn't that crazy? Jesus.
0: It is, but you know what? You know what? He likes it Who cares. There
3: was a guy at one of the at, the, at, at one of the Paris shows three hundred. He had his sign, three hundred.
0: Andy, how about
4: you? Multiple shows. Uh Billy Joel, oh, a few really? times, oh, and I, yeah, I actually yeah. saw him with Elton John once. Oh,
3: did you they see the you face to today? face yeah. Yeah. at Wrigley or where? I
0: can't remember where it was. But yeah, it was at Wrigley. I yeah. wrote the program yeah. for that concert. I really? saw him. Yeah. Yeah, I think did did he also perform with them at uh, someplace else? Elton and oh yeah, Billy. they uh,
3: yeah he was. At, I mean, uh,
0: he, really? they, they performed at uh, Rosemont or together. That's where. That,
4: that's where. I, I think i I've th- seen. I saw him, Billy Joel, twice there. Yeah. And once was with all yeah.
0: He played; They played... Uh, saw them uh, twice also. Yeah. I don't think I've seen anybody more than like maybe four times. But you said you saw Tina Turner quite a few times, right? Uh, maybe four or five times. Yeah. That seems enough to me. Is it?
3: Really? <laughs> I was I was 17 by the time I saw him four times.
0: Yeah. Turns out, turns out we do need another hero. At some point. Uh, but it was
3: very cool. He gave me a shout out. Was it emotional? Par- was yeah, it, well, in- you know what? I didn't think... Uh, it was going to be emotional. And then on the first, because there's two shows in Stockholm, the first night during your song, right, the second to the last song, I got a little jolt. And then the second night, Mm. the last night, final show, final show of of the whole thing, he started to introduce the band. Mm. And I know a few of the guys in the band, so I could see them starting to get a little and then I sort of, and then he gave me a shout out. Did you cry? I did cry. Yeah, I did. I was choked up. I wasn't weeping. I wasn't like
0: you know wailing, wailing and weeping. No, but I no,
3: no, leave no, him, don't leave. No, don't,
5: no. don't go. Don't go.
0: But I was Security carried off. Swedish
1: arms and legs flailing,
0: <laughs> carried off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but this has been such a. Ama- I mean, it's been it's been
0: it's been fifty years of my life. Fifty years of your life, but also this farewell has been four or five years. Yeah, it started. I mean, there was it was
3: off for two years, but yeah, it started 20-
0: and then the pandemic came. Twenty eighteen. This yeah. has been a five year. Like
3: I said, five countries. Yeah. I mean, so it's been it's been quite a cool. It's you know I've met a lot of people. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, now to see you know right. does something fill in that gap I don't know it's been no. such a major part but it was uh, it was very cool and like I said he gave me a shout out yeah stuff, well I
0: don't so. want to throw cold water on your Alton John parade but it turns no, okay. out uh, you know we I uh, if you go on YouTube you can hear his he he had a very nice speech yeah. Uh, in which he did he thanked fans including very clearly you can hear him say jim Jim toronto which he's done many times Uh, but uh, it turns out that the version that uh, was put on youtube was an edited version that uh, uh, elton john apparently like schwanny has kind of a foul mouth i don't know if you heard a few weeks ago a month ago something we ran a uh, part of a newscast where we had to actually bleep, bleep Schwani. <laughs> no! Because he just let it rip one day. Whoa! <laughs> nice! He let it rip and we had to. Uh, the big word? <laughs> well, uh, uh, Jack, do we have the, uh, the Schwani? Do we have the Schwani? This is a. It sh- wasn't
1: the whole newscast. This is, it was, was the, the weather.
0: Yeah, he was. Well, well wow, no, like like that's okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's okay to drop a few bombs in the weather forecast. This uh, was this is Schwanee a few weeks.
1: Ago. Forecast from the WGN Chicago Weather Center: Increasing <laughs> clouds today. <laughs> High only around uh, five. Maybe <laughs> some rain this afternoon as well. Rain and maybe. St- showers overnight tonight, a low in the 30s, cloudy, windy, cold for the season, t- with a chance of rain and s- in the morning, and a high around 44, 46 now at O'Hare, I'm Dave Schwan. Chicago's very own seven twenty WG. all
0: seven all WGN seven words he used all the seven words all the seven words you can't say yeah. in, and one, in one. This newspaper. was revealed on the anniversary of the Lee Elia rant. Oh, yes,
3: right. <laughs> nice. That's how, that's
0: how that started. And, and we,
3: print it. Yeah,
0: and we learned that uh, Elton John also apparently has a foul mouth. Oh yeah, he's. Oh yeah, he says the F word quite a bit. This what This is the ver- what Elton John said at his final concert. <laughs>
1: it it in, in the beautiful city of Stockholm in Sweden. Uh, my very first concert in Sweden
3: was on the uh, 8th, 7th of July in 1971. So more or less 52 years ago is the day I first played in Sweden. So, um, <laughs> I would like to thank all the people who have been to so many multiple shows. There's 20 over there from Christoph.
1: Tony, How many?
5: <laughs>
1: 30, 30, 40 show Danny, 110 there, 178-way mom, 10 February, roaches broachers, 250, <laughs> Toronto, there's a 200
6: down there.
3: Wow, I don't, wow, I must have been in a zone, I didn't yeah, hear that. Yeah,
0: you're a little, you drank the Kool-Aid, the Elton John Kool-Aid a long time ago. I must have heard what I wanted to hear. <laughs>
3: 10 February, every
0: Two hundred and fifteen.
3: 250,
0: there were a lot of yeah b- surrounding your name. Well, that's terms of endearment, I guess so. Yeah. I
1: guess so. <laughs> I'm Dave Schwann.
0: <laughs> yeah, these uh, these uh, <laughs> these bleep versions of the show may be the funniest thing that we've had on the show <laughs> in a very long time. Do you ever do you ever like like uh, like leap for the you know for the dump button and miss it have you ever done that uh, where it gets out no 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 because we have there uh, was like 10 or 15 seconds if something happens yeah uh we have there's quite a bit of time to you know get it you don't have to like boom get it right yeah, yeah. as it's happening because that's a
3: couple of times when i've filled in and and people have said things and i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa. you know i'm looking at the producer did you hit yeah. it i'm gonna hit it you know yeah.
4: I've had um, to hit it once in my in my entire career. It was this last year
0: with uh, Hamp and Ob. Was Tron- Oh, you got it. Was it wasn't, Tron- it wasn't Hamp or Ob. It was a caller. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm surprised that Hamp yeah. hasn't uh, just let it slip. No, and no just no, no, accidentally. Uh, no.
4: they're professionals. Come on.
0: Yeah. Sure they are. <laughs> when we have Ob do a theater review, uh, oh, I can't wait for that. That's we funny. are. Uh, I'm going to encourage him to use as many bad words as possible.
3: <laughs> you should have sent him to see Tommy. We'll that would have see. been great. Could you imagine him? it's we'll that a fool thing? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what is this guy deaf, dumb, and blind? What does that mean? <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll see if we have to edit the far-flung forecast. See <laughs> the what, blanking see, far-flung See forecast. what other F-words the Chawani's put into the far-flung forecast. All coming up next. So I never really realized how many F-words we have in this. <laughs> it's hard to say far-flung
3: forecast without. Very forecast. careful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: But uh, here with uh, today's installment, uh, Dave... Bleepin' Schwan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you very much, Dean. Good morning, everyone. Today we travel to Dayton, Tennessee. Huh. Dayton,
0: Tennessee. Now, we've all heard of Dayton, Ohio. Oh, yes. Now, we've heard of but Dayton, Ohio. I've but never heard Dayton, of Dayton, Tennessee. Dayton, Tennessee. Is it like Dayton, D-A-T-I-N? No, no, apostrophe? no. Apostrophe? Like, no, it's Like, D-A-Y. I'm going out and dating that girl. I'm going out and
3: dating Mary It's
1: D-A-Y-T-O-N. <laughs> Oh, and David. settled the in the 1820s, oh, yes. but the town was in fact renamed Dayton after Dayton, Ohio, huh. and finally incorporated in 1903. But 1903, 1903, he said
3: 1903.
1: But we <laughs> vent- we but we we mention uh, Dayton, Tennessee, because 98 years ago. Uh-oh. On this date, yes. it was the center of attention of the United States yes. because of the Scopes Monkey Trial. Oh. Inherit the wind. Inherit the wind. The play modeled after the Scopes Monkey Trial. You know, where if only
0: a radio station had broadcast that history. You know, trial. you
1: know. It's funny you should mention that because there was a radio station that had just gone on the air a year or two before. Very
0: pioneering station.
1: It was definitely a cutting-edge pioneering radio station.
3: One day, feature bleeping newscasters. <laughs> was it owned by the world's greatest
1: newspaper? It was owned by the <laughs> world's greatest newspaper a station called wgn huh. and one quinn ryan there is a man i wish i could have met you talk about a pioneering announcer quinn ryan did everything on this radio station and went to dayton tennessee to cover the trial which took place 98 years ago this week in dayton tennessee and we have uh, dayton tennessee now with sunny skies and 80 degrees if, if you see the
3: film inherit the wind at the very end when they are announcing the verdict uh, somebody runs out with a with a microphone yep. and there's a microphone yep. flag
0: that says WGN yes, does. in that's the movie right. and in the play don't we, they mention WGN don't we have the microphone yes it's oh, the, really? uh, from it's, the, in the, uh, it's in the, uh, the it's, trial, it's down the hall in, in the, the uh, trophy case in there. a big yes. show in a big showcase yes. down
1: there yeah. yep. hey, in fact it was on loan to the Smithsonian Institution for a while hmm. uh-huh. that's right. why it wasn't here I thought, Dean, you may have taken it. And it was in your basement or when
3: something. When he was doing WDC, was what was your what was your basement was. radio well, my station? Fan, my
0: kid radio, my fake radio <laughs> yeah. station. Uh, that's one of the first things that I, I remember seeing when I came in for the job interview here a uh, hundred years ago, and you know they're walking me down the hallway, and oh when we were over at that dump and Tribune Tower, <laughs> oh,
5: <geez>.
0: the uh, <laughs> oh man, the, they had a, a giant. Now who's uh, going to get? Now they they had a a giant uh, glass wall with trophies and a piece of the Berlin Wall. I mean, historic moments in WGN history. And here was this big old microphone that I had only seen a microphone like that in Three Stooges movies. (laughs) (laughs) Quiet, dude. Numb skulls on broadcasting. (laughs) Uh, and I was like, I stopped for a second and looked at it, and it said, you know, it gave the history that that was the microphone that was used to broadcast this trial, and wasn't it the first? Uh, it, it had to be the first, uh, bro- like remote broadcast. Well, remote, but it certainly was... broadcast of a, a, a trial. Oh right yeah, now. in yeah.
1: fact, it not only was one of, if not the first uh, uh, trial broadcasts, but it was actually they set up a small network. Of stations around the country
0: so other stations could also broadcast the and trial.
1: by the way we have visited dayton tennessee the courthouse yeah. that the trial took place in is still there used for a governmental purposes and there's a museum downstairs in the basement of the courthouse that mentions wgn and the coverage from mm. the tribune the new york times and really reporters from everywhere uh, and it was an people, international
3: story. And people know about the scope Trial was about that there was a teacher that was teaching evolution. He was teaching evolution, evolution. and was yeah. arrested.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why they call it the, the monkey, monkey trial.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's nice to see that we've progressed in our thinking in America.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all these talk about later, it it's like, oh, all my of my my us monkeys mom. here on Sunday morning.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, when we finally get thrown in jail, it'll be called the monkey's trial again, but only because... Only because Schwani loves Davy Jones so much. Here we come walking down the street. Time once again for our check on all things health. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a ray of sunshine on our Sunday mornings. Dr. Most, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Dean. How are you doing? Doing very, very well. A couple of uh, pretty big medical news stories this week. Uh, one of them having to do with the availability of over-the-counter birth control pills. Was this something that uh, was anticipated to happen, and, you know, what's your feeling about it all?
7: Yeah, I don't think it was anticipated to happen. You know, it's available pretty much around the world, and we in the United States have been very hesitant to to put it to a point of being over-the-counter. Now, medications going from prescription over-the-counter are not uncommon, But that's after they've been used for a long time and have been proven to be safe, which is the case with the O-pill that uh, that moved here. So uh, that's surprising, but probably very good, I would think, for women's health, uh, that individuals will be able to do this without needing to go to their physician and having those discussions.
0: Yeah, this was such a point of controversy uh, over the years of, uh, you know, the availability of, uh, an over-the-counter uh, contraceptive pill? Should, should parents, uh, you know, be alerted if their uh, young children are uh, using them? And now I guess all of that uh, has passed, huh?
7: It has. Um, and that's probably the unfortunate part about it is exactly what you said, the communication between the parent, the, the, the child, or the individual, I shouldn't say child, but the individual and their doctor, so that they can go over everything and talk. More about just the contraceptive method, uh, method that they're going to use, but also more about safe sex, about sexually transmitted diseases, right. about a whole bunch of different things that definitely need to have a conversation between the doctor and the patient. So before they go to use this over-the-counter medication, you would hope that they would check in with their physician and have that discussion. Do you right. think that the
3: Dobbs uh, Supreme Court overturning of Roe v. Wade had, had it played a role in this coming to the uh, to the shelves?
7: You know, Jimmy, you would hope that it didn't, that you would take politics out of it and let science stand for itself. But really, it's, you know, that 800-pound gorilla in the room saying, wow, this probably did have an impact. It just seems so coincidental. I, I would, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well,
0: it it definitely seems ironic. Right. You know? I mean, that that's for sure that in these days where that's such a hot-button issue that soon you'll be able to just go to Walgreens and get... Uh, a
3: Snickers? <laughs> some
0: Doritos, some shoelaces. Oh no. Yeah. Some oh, film, uh, get some pictures developed. Oh, and give me one of those. An over the counter <laughs> contraceptive. Pill. Yep. Uh, what about cost? I mean, uh, uh, will, will it be prohibitive? Will it, how do, how do they normally work something like that?
7: You know, it probably won't be prohibitive, but it'll be really interesting to see not only how they price it, but who pays for it. Will insurance companies pay mm. for it even though it's mm. over the counter Pricing should not be bad. It's used, like I said, around the world, and it has been. So, you know, it's not like it's a new drug, that they're still trying to recoup the cost of that from the research and development side of it. So certainly I would think that they're going to be looking at quite a large market, and individuals who are going to want to do this um, would probably be willing to pay. You know, they they're going to start doing the math in their minds of, okay, do I need to go to the doctor and get all these tests done before I get this? So that's the part that really needs to be communicated is you need to have a well educated consumer anytime you're going to use any of the over the counter medications
0: yeah the uh you know as is the case with any over the counter medication, misuse of them can be very dangerous. Uh, what are the risks? Of uh, using too many of these, you know, so a lot of people say, well, if it says to take one pill, if I take three of them, I'll be three times as protected. <laughs> uh, what, yeah. what, what kind of risks are involved uh, in you know, now that this is going to be so much more readily available?
7: Absolutely. And you made a very good point. the way you said it too, is I'm going to take three because oh, I missed the last two days. One of these is that this drug must be taken at the same time every day. So when you miss a day or you miss two days, it's not like, oh, take two more and I'll be all caught up. No, the hormonal imbalance of the body for a female will be thrown off if you miss one of these. And therefore, the medication will be deemed probably to not work for a full cycle. So um, it's one of those where depending on the population you're dealing with, and sometimes these are going to be, um, younger teens or older teens, you know, people that may not be as astute in knowing that you need to take it every day if, in order for this to work. So, again, I still come back to it's great that it's over the counter, that you can get it now with ease, but please have that discussion with your doctor so you understand the risk benefits and how to take it properly. It's
0: exactly what I was thinking while you were explaining that. While you'll be able to just, you know, go over the counter and buy this now uh it, it, it sure seems like you still need to be uh under the advice of some doctor at least of uh how to use this which is honestly becoming more prohibitive trying to get an appointment with a doctor i, I would assume this is also the case with gynecologists uh but it, it's no easy thing to get a an appointment a with, time. The, with the doctor these days months except dr most of course well sure Right, so always available yeah, to us. <laughs> yeah.
7: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it, it's a big focus on a lot of health systems. I can tell you, Northwestern is probably it's one of their biggest focuses right now is access and how do we make um, doctors more accessible. And one of the things we're doing is using more what we call physician extenders, whether it be a physician assistant or an advanced practice nurse, you know, someone that can take care of some of the more routine things that, I mean, for my blood pressure check, okay, do you need to spend 20 minutes with the doctor there, or would 20 minutes with an APN going over your lab tests and your medications be good enough? So certainly we're trying to look to make sure that we do have enough access, because like you said, if I'm going to try to use this medication say, oh, I want to touch base with my doctor and I can't get in for three months, I'm going to make a decision there of whether mm-hmm. I'm going to try it without his use or wait the three months.
5: Right,
0: right. Or, I mean, uh, I-, I think many of my, probably the majority of my encounters with my physician have been online or on the telephone. Uh, You know, just, you know, going in is, it's not an option. It's too, it's too difficult to get an appointment these days. Uh,
7: Yeah, it it is. It's amazing what COVID, the impact COVID had on the medical practices where we essentially almost shut down offices because we didn't want all these people sitting in waiting rooms. And we found that telehealth actually does work well for many things. Yeah. Much more convenient for the patient, much more convenient sometimes for the doctor. But certainly that patient who doesn't have to leave work, go to find a parking space, pay for parking, get in, wait in the out waiting room. You know, it can be a half a day versus I take it in my office and I have 30 minutes and it's going to be well used in my time.
0: One of the other things that I wanted to uh, chat with you about is uh, the uh, findings this week that the artificial sweetener aspartame may be related to uh, causing cancer Uh, you know there's been a lot of talk over the years about artificial sweeteners and how safe they may or may not be Uh, now uh, aspartame is being uh, you know uh, chosen uh, and uh, whether or not people will remove it from their products remains uh, to be seen but what, what are the actual dangers, uh, doctor, of uh, using this artificial sweetener, which uh, a lot of people
6: sure do?
7: Yeah, and, and you make a really good point of this. Is, I don't want to say it's cutting news, but it certainly is. This just came out a couple of days ago from the World, World Health Organization saying, hey, you know what? Uh, it's okay to use some, but boy, you better be really careful and don't go beyond that daily limit of 40 milligrams per kilogram. People say, well, why do I have to do math? I'll tell you doing the math once is probably the right thing to do, so somebody who weighs you know let's say one hundred and fifty pounds, you know you should not have more than it's, it's a lot, you know nine cans of soda. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people out there that drink more than nine cans of soda right. so a day it's it, oh God you yeah. oh yeah, really,
0: absolutely I've mm-hmm. seen that
7: and wow. you know, got to remember that's they're just using that as the bar to say here if you're only you're going to drink is soda, here's what the bar is set. But you have to remember that sweetener is used in other things. So you really have to look and do your math to yeah. see what you're eating and make sure that you're not hitting those marks.
0: Yeah, read those. You have to read those labels. You'll you'll be surprised where an artificial sweetener turns up because it's often not in a product which is sweet, but but it's still uh, put into those places, I guess, to replace uh, sugar. So we, so, we need to, to watch the amount of products using aspartame. Uh, what about other artificial sweeteners? A lot of people use Splenda these days. They use a whole, there's a whole different variety of uh, non caloric uh, sweeteners uh, that are out there right now. Which ones do, uh, do you think are the safest?
7: Well, you know, it, it's interesting that these are foods. So you'd think that the Food and Drug Administration would have all this research on them in long term, and, and they don't. So we're sitting there still now trying to figure out, look at our yesterday. you know, it's been used for, you know, years and years and years. So really, it's, it's very difficult to say what is the safest um, sweetener. And it's more about what else could you use instead of that? Or do you really need the sweeteners? Yeah.
0: Um, a text from the six three zero area code. I'm a coffee drinker. I like a sweetener in my coffee. It says I'm also borderline diabetic. Should I use sugar or sweet and low?
7: Well, it's a good point. I mean, if you look at some of the the, the stevias and some of those that are that are plant based, and they're they're deemed safe. So uh, I would say using one of those where it's more of a natural one. And it's not going to impact your blood sugar as much as, you know, putting, you know, plain old sugar in there, and especially for the diabetics, because we're more concerned about their glucose level rising and not having enough insulin to offset that.
0: Yeah. What about uh, Splenda? Isn't that also uh, derived from a natural source, not a chemical one?
7: Yeah, Splenda is is uh, sucralose. sucralose. So it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's more of a, a complex sugar. So certainly is... Uh, Probably much more safer than the others. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Got to do a little research. I know it's uh, kind of a pain, but uh, you want a little research? You want a little cancer? I mean, that's <laughs> what everyone's <laughs> come down to. Unfortunately, uh, your questions for Doctor Most when we come right back. Doctor Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, in his weekly Sunday visit. Your questions for Doctor Most. Uh, welcome right now at three one two. 9817200. that'll get you either on our phone line, which we always love hearing from you, or on our text line 3129817200. And uh, the 773 area code says, I'm reading the label on my diet Pepsi right now, and it says that it does contain aspartame, but it does not give a measurement of how much aspartame is uh, included. How would I know so I can keep an eye on the numbers that you talked about?
7: Yeah. It, you know what? We're going to talk about food labeling next week. It's one of the topics I'd like to talk about because we might see a big change in food labeling here in the United States shortly. So make sure you listen in next week on that one. But a little teaser. But really what you do is you have to almost do your homework, right? Because when we put products and we list the ingredients, and you look you look at a list of ingredients on any product, and they list it based on the amount of Uh, that product in the product. Um, That's a difficult way to say it. But if you look, number one, in in, uh, breakdown of Diet Coke, it's going to say water. Well, these sugars are so powerful that they don't need to use a lot. So it gets to the point where they're going to have all these other ones that they have to list how much gets to a point of some of these where it's the the sweetener and they don't have to put that amount in. So you almost have to go and do your homework and go online and do a search because of the way that we allow labeling, food labeling here in the United States. Uh,
0: Lots of texts asking about alternative sweeteners. Uh, What does Dr. Uh, Most think about monk fruit as a sweetener, Uh, stevia? uh, I mean, there's a a whole listing uh, on here. If you didn't want to use sugar, uh, what would you recommend?
7: Yeah. I mean, I like Stivia. I think it's really good. And it's, you know, it's more natural based. Um, So that's probably one that would be really good. Um, You know, but you also have to look and go, you have to do your homework, right? Because it is everywhere. We talk about, you know, just the sugars, but no, it's in candy, it's in chewing gum, it's in bakery goods. So you really have to look to do your homework if you're going to be looking at products that you're buying. But you can look and sit there and say, go through all of the sucralose like we just talked about, right? The Splenda. You know, that is essentially, it's almost like glucose, except there's one genetic modification made or chemical modification made. So that one's probably very safe. The bad thing is that we've tested them on rodents. We really haven't done enough testing in large scale on humans. And that's what you're going to start to see. But again, they're so loosely limited or so loosely tracked. That it's very difficult to say this would be the one to use.
0: Yeah, somebody texted in and said aspartame is in about five thousand products. Yeah, so, so how about that? there's, there you, you have to read the labels. And normally, uh, I do. I am a label reader. Uh, aspartame, or the sweetener, is normally one of the very last things that it lists. So you have to go through this, you know, long list of chemicals that you have no idea what they mean. Uh, until you see sucralose or aspartame or something which is uh, a sweetener. Um, 630 area code, uh, why is it that pink eye seems to be so rampant right now? Yeah.
7: So pink eye, let's just talk about it, right? What is, the words just tell me what the symptom is. So now you have to look at it and say, okay, what can cause pink eye? In the spring, can we get pink eye from allergies? Absolutely. Can we see pink eye running through, rampant through schools because of how contagious it is? Absolutely. And then here's the wild card right now is that the XBB strain of COVID, one of the symptoms, is pink eye. So we are seeing a lot of it, whether we've gotten away from washing our hands as frequently as we used to be. You know, during COVID, we were washing our hands religiously. Have we stopped doing that? You touch your eye, you shake someone's hand. And you can give them pink eye very easily because these viruses and bacteria that cause it are extremely contagious. That being said, it's not a very um, devastating disease. For the most part, it's going to be self-limiting and run its course. But in some cases, you may need some antibiotic eye drops to take care of the bacterial infections.
0: 815 Area Code is asking, uh, does the doctor believe once on a CPAP machine, always on a CPAP machine? Uh, this assists people who are breathing, who have sleep uh, apnea, and I've seen television commercials. Oh, we one of these weeks, Kev, we have to talk about just all the claims that some of these television commercials make on the things yeah. that can be cured. But um, I, I've seen a television commercial that says this replaces the CPAP machine. It's uh, and it lo- it just looks like a patch on somebody's arm or something like that. Is there <laughs> is there an alternative? It didn't make any sense to me.
7: No, it's interesting the way that you lock that you saw that commercial. So what you're talking about is a a, a product called Inspire, which when you saw it's a patch on their on their skin. What it is is that activates the CPAP machine, or excuse me, the the CPAP portion in their mouth or in the back of their throat Uh when they go to sleep. So it's one of those where you turn it on, you turn it off, but it's it's surgically implanted in uh, the back of your throat uh, there to act just as a CPAP. Well, oh, they don't
3: say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, man, no, she's lying there, like
7: yeah. you know, like in heaven.
0: Big smile.
7: You
3: know,
0: yeah. You don't know that there's a whole contraption going in on in the
3: back of her throat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, has it uh, been effective, or is it just one of these TV things that?
7: Oh, no, it's been effective. You know, and these are placed in the hospital. uh, So an ear, nose, and throat doctor will will place that and and, uh, and then place the monitor as well. So that's one way that you could say get off of CPAP. Another way, a lot of CPAP is due to the weight of individuals. So really, if you lose some weight, sometimes that will certainly help. Um, But individuals say, I'm going to stop my CPAP. They have to understand that the health risk associated with sleep apnea are much more important than learning how to sleep with a CPAP machine, which, like you've said, have gotten better over the years. They used to be these big, huge, loud contraptions, right. and certainly they're getting smaller and more quiet, but the impact it's making on individual's health with heart disease, hypertension, you know, sudden uh, sudden death, those are really important.
0: Not to mention super attractive to your sleeping partner. Uh, also, yes,
7: when you've yeah. got this, you're <laughs>
0: basically wearing a catcher's mask on your face just to work it in. Yeah, really yeah you just have to
3: you know okay become a fetish all right it becomes like a baseball yeah thing. all right i never thought of that
0: i never thought of like a chris Chelios kind of thing it might be a, a, a creature from the black lagoon okay. you, know, so. wow. you have an active imagination my friend uh yeah it is uh super important but uh well it's it's something that's worth reapproaching then uh for a lot of people because uh the early incarnations of uh, cpap and the masks and facial devices apparently has changed i've, I've seen uh, where there are uh, devices that you put in your mouth that push forward like your upper teeth and uh, I, I don't know moves your tongue out of the <laughs> way I, I don't even know what it does but it, it just seemed like that that seems a little chokey also
7: Yeah. But with all the sleep apnea, what happens is the back of our throat essentially closes to a point where we're not getting enough oxygen. And then eventually you stop breathing. And if the body tells you, hey, time to start breathing, and then you force yourself to start breathing, that's why you have poor sleep patterns. And unfortunately, that puts you at the risk. So all of the CPAP, whether they're You know, things that you're putting in your mouth, the Inspire, the CPAP machine. The goal is to keep that airway open the entire night so that you can sleep safely.
0: Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a great visit, and I hope you have a great Sunday, my friend. Thank you.
7: You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon.
0: I uh, was going through the uh, text line here. You know, we get a lot of uh, questions in for Dr. Most, and we only have a certain amount of time to answer the questions. So, uh, Schwani, Andy, mm-hmm. uh, Elton, Jim. I thought we could answer the medical question. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Got any more wives' tales you want to throw out? Calling
3: Dr. Howard, Dr. <laughs> God, Fine, Dr. I mean, Howard. My God, this is really how difficult can is it this be? legal? Halling
1: Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, Dr. Howard. I think we're breaking the law here.
0: <laughs> One of them says, "I'm going outpatient for hernia surgery. What can I expect?" It's going to hurt. I've had,
4: I've had that done, actually. Oh. Okay. oh
3: there yeah. we go. All right. There the we go, Dr. Andy.
4: I was, I Dr. Actually, Andy, what can uh, what what we, we expect? What, what, I was actually born with uh, a little hernia, and it, it reared its ugly head uh, near the abdomen. Huh. And uh, went in for outpatient. They uh, they kind of put me in the little twilight action, okay. and I was That's awake dur- fun. during the whole thing, basically. Yeah, mm. and it was really weird to kind of be able to uh, you know hear the doctors talking, and you're just thinking, okay, this uh, this is pretty right. pretty serious here. But yeah, it was after <laughs> did, a while. Did you hear any of the doctors go, "Hey, has anyone got a cigarette lighter?" Yeah. No, but I do remember them listening to uh, uh, I think it was vinyl records on the. Uh, <laughs> what's that serious xm channel you know yeah, the, 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 yeah, the classic the, vinyl classic, classic vinyl yeah, they were the going
0: hey nurse you're a good dancer <laughs> awesome yeah
4: they were discussing the merits of uh, i can't remember what the song was Blue whether Easter it was cult. really a
0: classic or not <laughs> so for so <laughs> don't so, you know, fear the reaper to get back exactly. to our medical question here yeah. uh, what was what was post op like was well, it painful
4: yeah, it, was, it wasn't painful but it was uh, you know it uh, oh, you had to you had to redress the you know the area a couple times all right and uh, now
3: that's a hole in your stomach
4: right basically yeah and uh the thing is and my luck i got a sinus infection right after that oh. and coughing oh
5: was,
0: how do you cough? Yeah, it was, oh. not, was not fun coughing is painful yeah and you that couldn't was not lift, fun you couldn't lift anything right
4: couldn't lift anything you had to be real careful they, they actually had to have somebody uh come pick me up and because um, you were under the anesthetic, so they yep. wouldn't wouldn't let you go unless you had someone there to take you home and they actually uh, encouraged someone to to stay over just in case, but it it wasn't wasn't that
0: bad. How after was the
3: healing done. like? Like two weeks, a month? Uh, it was about uh, probably about
4: two and a half, three weeks. Yeah.
0: You know what else uh, I would recommend? Uh, and you know, we're not doctors, but we can't. But, but all, we, we pretend to be. Yeah, that's not stopping us. <laughs> uh, after you have your hernia operation, you now you know what to expect from Andy. Uh, I'm also going to write a prescription for you for Schwani to come to your house <laughs> and sing soothing songs to you. <laughs> Maybe you know a nice lullaby that you can sing to this, <laughs> our uh, our hernia friend uh, here. So that's been our new uh, feature, uh, medical information yeah. without any knowledge whatsoever. Uh, tune in again next week. Spring uh, Nice like to uh, have little blue eyes back here on Jupiter Sunday morning. And Mars. In other words... Why don't you do a show on Sinatra music? You think it would last? I don't know. You think they would listen? His uh, blue eyes. He's <laughs> got eyes of blue. I, of course they hey, would. They eyes of kiss blue. Me. Twenty, you probably uh, are already aware of this because you're history buff number one. But also, are you singing? No, yes. I Who's singing? Oh, no. Not me. Oh.
3: You me. all I long for.
0: Well, if you could throw in as many distractions as possible, that would be great. All right. All right. Uh, so, Schwanee, uh, you're a history buff and a uh, space buff, as I am also. Do you know that it was on this day in 1969 that the Apollo 11 that is correct. Uh, mission took off? That's right. For oh, the moon It landing. took off. It didn't land. It took off right. on July the 16th. Uh, but landed on the moon, right? On July 20th. On the 20th. 20th yes. Yeah. One small step for man. Yep. One giant step. God. Over 50 years ago. Can you believe it? Isn't that it? crazy? Wow. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's It's weird when you say it's... 50 years ago, because that sounds like something your parents would say.
1: I know, but it's now 54 yes, years. I it's more than 50. <laughs> remember
0: seeing uh, Raggedy Ann okay. 50 years ago. My mom kept, I still have, she
3: kept all the newspapers.
0: Oh, yeah. I, did. I, I still do. have them. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I finally got rid of them. I thought, why am I keeping yeah, this? I, I can go on my phone and open up that page. But I had a Sun-Times... Uh, for that, when, yeah. when we landed on the moon, of course, the picture of Neil Armstrong. Yeah, and my, my dad has shined his shoes that morning, <laughs> so oh, there's God. there's oh, the there's, a, there's a, like a you know a ring <laughs> right. from, the polish, from the shoe polish from the shoe polish bottle
3: <laughs> oh, right
0: in the middle of this, on that on this on historic, that newspaper of all I newspapers. Didn't, he didn't want to get shoe polish on the table.
3: He's <laughs> like Moon Schmoon. <laughs> I gotta have I gotta have
0: shine I, shoes. I gotta have a shine on my shoe. That's the mark of a successful man. My dad always used to say that. People will judge you based on whether or not your shoes are shine. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, an historic moment that you know people of a certain age will never forget uh, when man first landed. And now, him. hopefully, we're going back in a couple of years. Next year. Next year. Will we beat China
3: because isn't China? They're, they're very seriously yeah. looking at it also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To go back to the moon or to, to Yeah, to, Mars. Go, yeah, go, no, no, to go to the moon, to land on the moon. Yeah. Isn't there a plan though to also uh put put a man on Mars?
1: long term. Yes. In been. fact, you know, when we were at the Kennedy Space Center a few years ago, I I asked somebody about it and they were quite serious. They said in in the 2030s. That's not all that far it's away now. No. Far away so is not thing we'll where see. if
3: you go there, you you, you have you to sign. It. You're back. not going to come
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to take six months just to get there. Yeah. It's a one way trip there and back. So, seriously, at this point in time, if you go, you're going to be gone for well over a yeah. year.
3: Isn't it terrible, though? That we don't know. I mean, we we don't we know more about Kim Kardashian. Name me. The the people that have le- that have walked on the moon,
0: all you right. can't do it. Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. I know you. Armstrong. You
3: can name a couple, but my Plus point is, drink. there's only been like fourteen or fifteen, and we don't right. even know. That is an unbelievable right. accomplishment. Who was the Who was the command pilot for
1: Apollo 12?
3: Wasn't it uh, Lovell? Nope. Or
1: Cernan? Nope. Twelve. Apollo 12. I don't know. Pete Conrad. Wow. Oh.
0: Any of them married to Kanye West? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, those could, people should, could, we should. I could chime in if they, any of them are in any way related to Kanye West. But you're 100% correct. I yeah. Mean, you know, we're only, we only pay attention. It's it's interesting. Of I mean, that's the an incredible that accomplishment. Another anniversary on this day. And uh, wow. I don't know, Schwanny, if you know this, Schwanny's got this amazing memory for things that, happened on, on this day <laughs> well i i think i think that this particular uh, next note uh, does very much matter but it was on this day in 1945 that the first atomic bomb was tested mm-hmm. just south of los alamos new mexico yep uh known as the trinity test mm-hmm. uh a group of scientists led by robert oppenheimer put it all together is
3: that where they're releasing the film
0: now next friday next friday it comes out there will be a movie opening called oppenheimer which i've already seen oh you have directed by christopher nolan of the dark knight fame inception tenant his movies are complex and challenging and it's a very interesting story about the the father of the atomic bomb really uh, which I'll I'll review later on. But later on this morning, I'm going to play back my interview that I did in New York with Christopher Nolan about this uh, very historic moment that uh, you know now, you know we're we're back into a uh, threat of nuclear war with uh, Putin uh, threatening uh, you know nuclear attack on Ukraine. Uh, does the United States retaliate with something like that? We're back into this I don't know if we're exactly back in Cold War status, but uh, It seems reminiscent of it though. It seems dangerously reminiscent of it, and one thing that I took out of this movie is you know, what what an amazing scientific uh, discovery uh, de- developing this bomb which ended World War II in a very tragic way for the people of Japan, but um the irony that something was developed in which we could completely destroy ourselves yeah. uh is uh the kind of tragic in a way and the movie the movie it, it, you know isn't really heavy-handed in uh, de- delivering that message but you can't i couldn't help walking away with the irony of telling the story and what it means in today's world and
1: among the uh People that were working on that was a group of scientists right here at the University, University of Chicago. Of, right, Enrico right. Fermi. They they worked on that and successfully split the atom in in uh, a basement or a, was it underneath
3: the bleachers uh, or something. Underneath,
1: yeah, underneath a, a stadium that yeah. was there. Yeah, a soccer stadium
3: or something like that. Well, my wife and I, when we were in uh, France recently, we went to the beaches of Normandy. Mm.
0: Oh, that's on my list. Yeah, that's. I have got to see that. uh, I want to go, and I sort of don't want to go. It's it's like visiting the, um, uh, Dachau. Yeah, right. Yeah, Auschwitz. Auschwitz Which we have done too. And uh, all of those that I I would be fascinated to see uh, because I've seen them in black and white films uh, for my entire life. But I think I would leave so. Did you leave depressed? Well, it was what
3: was what was depressing was. when you looked at some footage because you went into the cemetery and very similar to Arlington Cemetery with the white crosses, uh, nine thousand American veterans at the American cemetery there. But what was more depressing was you go into this theater and they show you this this footage of mm-hmm. the actual d day mm. if 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 the footage in Ukraine was in black and white as opposed to color, like we see it on TV yeah. it looks identical. Yeah. There are. It, it's like we're fighting a a, a fifty or seventy eight, a seventy year old war. Yeah, right. It's the tanks. It's the it's the the bombings. The shelled up. The shellings. Yeah. It's it's like this. Look, we haven't moved one inch. Yeah. We haven't learned the one, one lesson. Yeah. And and but what's ironic is when you see those photos of it when it was a wartime theater, a wartime scenario of the beaches and these big. Uh, you know, aircraft, you know, and, and all these these tanks coming in the water like you see in saving Private Ryan. And now it is this beautiful, serene yeah. beach. And you go, What
0: happened what here? What kind of hell happened in
3: this place? Right. And then you turn and you see the the, the shoreline with the with the hills yeah. where the Germans were were, were waiting. waiting, waiting yeah. And you see how close and it's just, and then there's Horrifying. there's literally bunkers still, yeah. like concrete bunkers still built into those hills off yeah. the beach that still have the guns. Yeah. And
0: it's I've, uh, I've been, it's very I've, sobering. I've been, I know, Schwanee. Andy, have you ever been to Pearl Harbor in uh, yes, Hawaii and visited Yes, uh, a couple times, actually. It's, uh, it's yeah. the same thing, I think, don't you think? Yeah, it's eerie. Same kind of eerie, yeah. uh, you know. Very eerie. Well, it's a uh, cemetery. You, it's a... It's a, a cemetery. It, it's fascinating, but... I left Pearl Harbor, the Arizona Memorial. Right. Everything that you go through there, it's fascinating. It's very moving. It's you know such a tragic part of history. I, I left sad and depressed. Yeah. Uh, and I think I would feel the same way if I visited concentration camps or uh, the Normandy. beaches of Normandy. Yeah. S- same thing.
4: Yeah, I went with a group to Pearl Harbor, and they actually, this, this tour group, they gave us cards of... You know, one of the one of the men that uh, that died that day, and you have a card with his picture on it as mm-hmm. a service man, and kind of uh, you know his stats and where he was from, and all that kind of. It, and it really made it very personal yeah, when you went on the, when you went on the boat. Course. Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: Well, it was uh, you know this day. This, uh, today's today's anniversary day, and I, I assume that's why this Christopher Nolan movie uh, is opening this week. Uh, to coincide with that, because really, it's a, it's a movie th- th- that seems like would open around Christmas time, right.
3: exactly. That's why I thought for it was weird Os- to open in July.
0: Os- Oscar consideration. Yeah. I and mean, it is going to be uh, up for Oscar consideration for Christopher Nolan, for uh, his uh, meticulous directing job that he did. And he always does on Who- the. Who is the actor that
1: plays Oppenheimer who really looks like him?
0: Killian Murphy. Yeah, Killian okay. Murphy. Did you talk to
1: him? I did. I mean, they've got the hat and the, the mannerisms, yeah. the yeah, face. Yeah, he looks just yeah, like him. He looks a a lot just lot of
0: like A lot of smokes. <laughs> a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> I can't answer that question until I light my cigarette. What does Robert Downey do in that film? Robert Downey is, I, I forget the name of the character, but he is the government official who is in charge of this new... Uh, atomic uh, project which is being developed Uh, and uh, he's phenomenal he's going to killian murphy's going to be nominated robert downey's going to be nominated it's an amazing performance matt damon is in the film uh, as the general who was overseeing the project along with oppenheimer and emily blunt is also in the movie who's amazing <clears throat> and uh she plays the uh the wife or girlfriend i, I wasn't 100 percent sure of, <clears throat> of the uh re, you know the official relationship between uh oppenheimer and her uh but it's uh, a, be- a beautiful movie uh you'll hear christopher nolan he'll be on the show with us a little bit later on to talk about it next week i'll have my interviews with uh killian murphy Robert Oppenheimer with Matt Damon and with Emily Blunt all right here coming up we'll get into our weekend theater segment Uh, the annual dance for life benefit is uh, going to be taking place in a couple of weeks this is the event that I hosted for the first 20 years of its existence it's a benefit performance in which uh, dance companies from all over Chicago all uh, perform for free they donate their services Uh, And they all appear on one stage in one night. And uh, this year it's going to be August 19th at the Auditorium Theater. We'll talk more about which dance companies are included. And uh, the nice thing about it is it's an incredible night of entertainment. Uh, And it's a great benefit to help uh, dancers who are in need, in need of health care. So we'll uh, get into that a little bit later on. That's something that you, uh, Elton Jim have not explored you are i mean you're a, you're a jefferson award nominated uh thespian now <laughs>
3: right but i'm not a, i'm well, not an not equity a, i'm not an equity actor What i'm, I'm non equity so i don't i'm not in the union but you could still dance on stage oh i've oh i have danced you have oh yeah i've been <laughs> how have i not known this <laughs> i was in young frankenstein i was uh and i was in uh, the buddy holly store i've been in a couple of music really oh yeah not very good, but how? I mean, I, I know how to dance, but I don't know how to do choreography yeah. kind of dance. I mean, I remember when when they were in the first rehearsal at, for Young Frankenstein, and they're like, the, the choreographer's like, so then we'll do a two-step, you know, they're all this, this lingo.
0: Dance lingo. Yeah, and I'm like, and, and all these other people that are trained dancers, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, they gonna,
3: pick it up in two seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what? what? <laughs> it was, I basically said, look, I could do this as a joke. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to do it because I don't, and I'll make it fun. Yep. But if you want somebody to dance, put me in the back.
0: An actual dancer, right. Yeah. I, uh, In my 20 years of hosting uh, Dance for Life, which was a joy... Couple of times they said it would be really funny if we got you involved. In <laughs> I said I'm, uh, you know, same thing. Yeah. Like at a wedding, I'll I, get, I'll get I, up. And I dance. love to dance, but uh you know, for what they wanted to do, like swing dancing and right and all choreographed, these... I said, think Jackie Gleason <laughs> doing right. funny dance moves. That's, that's what be, I do. That'll be me on the dance floor. That's my move. And unfortunately, uh some of it has been recorded. And, uh. Uh, I think that I've confiscated most of the copies of the tapes. I
3: have nothing but respect for, for dancers like that. Because it's amazing. Like, it, it is. Yeah. And like I said, they don't even know what they're doing. The choreographer comes out and says, we're going to do a Okay, let's do it. And I'm like, whoa. They, they don't even take it. They don't even like re... Do it one yeah, time. They, they just the,
0: they just know what the deal yeah, is. yeah. It's
3: unbelievable.
0: Well, we're going to talk to the executive producer of Dance for Life just to give us the uh, you know all the details on the event itself. It's it's a fantastic evening of uh, entertainment if you love dance, but also uh, the chore- the the choreographer who has done the grand finale for this show. I'm pretty sure since the beginning of Dance for Life, m- maybe like 30 years ago, Randy Duncan is a world renowned. Uh, choreographer. He's uh, coming up to join us as well. 10.30, 16, Richard, Sunday morning. That's Gene Kelly, right? That's Gene Kelly. Uh, 1952. American in Paris, American
3: right? American in Paris,
0: yeah. Yep. I could listen to this all day long. He
3: was so
0: athletic. So great.
3: My gosh, So when you watch the stuff that he did.
0: Uh, you, you don't want to see the athleticism of uh, dancers. The show, Dance for Life, uh, is for you, as I mentioned a few minutes ago. I hosted the show for the first 20 years of its existence. It started off as an AIDS fundraiser uh, to help dancers uh, who were uh, affected by HIV and AIDS but had no insurance uh, try to live uh, back in the early days, literally just uh, try to live. Uh, it has now evolved into a health uh, fund for dancers uh, who are you know, living with a, a variety of... Uh, Ailments. Uh, This show, Dance for Life, is amazing, but I would, you know, in between, I I would introduce each of the acts, and, you know, (laughs) Tubby is standing backstage. watching these dancers stretching and you know limbering up and getting ready to go on stage and perform flawlessly you can do jazz hands can't you i can do jazz hands but (laughs) jazz pretty much any other part of my body is you know there's a lot of work that goes into something like that it's amazing i mean you you think about Uh, The kind of athleticism that a football player might need or basketball player or any athlete, really. Uh, And I would argue that uh, a dancer goes through just as much uh, physical stress uh, and endurance and training as anybody else does. Without a doubt. It's part of why it's so great to see this performance, Dance for Life, which I'd mentioned to you is uh, this year will be August 19th at the Auditorium Theater uh, several different dance companies all donate their time and appear on the same stage in the same night. They each do, uh, you know, a number or two. And then the uh, the next performer uh, comes in you know, the next dance troupe uh, comes out. Uh, joining us online to talk about it is uh, the D- executive director of Dance for Life, Nathaniel Ekman. Nathaniel, welcome to the show and uh, great to have you on with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. If you'd like me to come on and recreate this Gene Kelly number, Gotta Dance. You know, it's a big opening number, something like that. I see you with an umbrella and a light and a light light like singing in the rain yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, I see you doing you know? that. Well, back in the old days, we did this show at the Skyline stage on Navy Pier, so <laughs> it would have made a lot of sense. Now it's at the auditorium. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, what Dance for Life is about. As I had mentioned, a fantastic night of entertainment, but also a great cause, right?
8: Right, yes. Uh, Dance for Life is a great event and a great night. Uh, It is the primary fundraiser for Chicago Dancers United, and uh, Chicago Dancers United administers the Dancers Fund, which uh, makes grants to dance professionals uh, in greater Chicago, uh, as you said, for a variety of uh, health and wellness conditions. And uh, who will Uh,
0: be actually performing this year?
6: Uh,
8: we are joined by 10 of Chicago's premier dance companies and wow. freelancers. Wow. Yeah, we, um, we have Boom Crack Dance Company. Uh, we have Chicago Tap All Stars. Uh, together are Giordano Dance Chicago and South Chicago Dance Theater for one of the pieces. Giordano dance, of
0: Giordano dance has been one of the originals in Dance for Life, I think, since the very beginning, when we used to do the show over at the old Organic Theater. Uh, on on the north side when when it first started. But they're, they're originals, along with uh, Joffrey Ballet and Hubbard Street. I mean, there there are some people who have been with this event since the beginning.
8: That's true. And we also have Joffrey Ballet returning to perform Gerald Arpino's birthday variations. Uh, we have freelance dancers Joseph Masarelli and Riho Sakamoto. Uh, we also have Moonwater Dance Project, Two Dance Theater, Hip Play Ballerinas, which uh, merges classical ballet with hip-hop, Hubbard Street Dance, as you mentioned, uh, and this year's finale piece uh, is uh, by Randy Duncan. It revives and expands his world premiere finale from Dance for Life 2021, entitled As One.
0: Okay, yeah, Randy's, Randy's going to join us in a few minutes, but uh, Randy... Uh, has been one of the originals on dance for life as well one of the original choreographers on the show and i think he's always done the uh, grand finale for the show as well so uh you know the usually back in the old days we had six or seven dance companies but you've upped it this year uh and are adding even more so it should be a pretty spectacular night of uh, music and dance Uh, Talk to me a a little bit about uh, the evening itself, because there is the performance, but there is uh, more to it than that, right?
8: There is more to it. There's the performance at 6 p.m. at the Auditorium Theater, and uh, it is followed by the after party at Venue 610, Uh, We have tickets at four price points, and the highest of those entitles the guests to the performance uh, with the best seats available and the after party. Um, After party starts at 8 o'clock.
0: Okay, so how do people get tickets for Dance for Life? How can people join us that night?
8: Uh, People who want to attend Dance for Life can visit the Auditorium Theater website. Uh, They can also call the box office of the Auditorium at 312-341-2300. Uh, on the web webpage, we link to these resources so people can check out the show there as well.
0: Great. Okay, so it's August 19th, 6 p.m. for the performance itself. You want to get more info, go to the Auditorium Theater's uh, website. And uh, remember, it's not only these 10 dance companies, uh, 10 of the best dance companies in Chicago all performing on the same stage, same night. But you're also helping out the Dancers Fund, which uh, it provides financial support for uh, dancers for uh, health care and medical needs. So it's uh, a great uh, cause as well. Uh, Nathaniel, we appreciate you joining us, and we look forward to seeing you on the night of the 19th. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for joining us. In a minute, we'll talk with world-renowned choreographer Randy Duncan. Uh, correction i thought this was uh, that uh, got a dance gene kelly was from an american uh, not... in paris it's from singing in the rain oh yeah singing in the rain so thank you for the corrections wow. uh, on that wow, uh, both was... great movies and yeah. either way i'm going to recreate the performance <laughs> if not a dance for life look for me to be doing a big entrance at tree time uh when we do our
3: <laughs> we should all we should all we should do like a flash mob.
0: A big dance number? Yeah,
3: we should get a choreographer and we yeah. should all do it.
0: I'm all for things that don't make one bit of sense on the radio. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, that fits right in. is well, pretty much the show. Uh, 1044, we'll come right back. Talking dance this morning on our weekly theater segment. Dean Richard, Sunday morning, 720 WGN, 1047. Uh, talking about the annual dance uh, fundraiser, Dance for Life. Which will be August 19th this year at the beautiful and historic Auditorium Theater, uh, where 10 dance companies, 10 of the very best dance companies, all will perform on the same stage the same night, and uh, all uh, wrapped up in a big bow by the world renowned choreographer, Randy Duncan, who has uh, worked this show uh, pretty much since the beginning. Uh, I know, you know, back when I started hosting. Uh, Dance for Life, when it started thirty-two years ago, I can't believe that. I just saw it in the press release. I was like, "Wow, I'm I'm old." <laughs> the uh, arranged- every
3: story you tell now is thirty
0: years old. Well,
3: it's, you know? I mean, it's what can just, I say? I know, not you. I mean, anyone. It's like oh, anybody, any, any, any of my friends, when we said, any story we tell yeah. starts at 30 years ago. Well, and, <laughs> and I always think,
0: uh, do I sound like my parents talking about Fibber McGee and Molly? Exactly, you do. You know, where, when we were little and we were like, yeah. I don't have no idea what you're talking exactly. about. And I'm sure that's how we all sound now to yeah. uh, the youngsters. But uh, it, was a, it was a group of uh, young people from the dance community. Uh, that started this show and uh, they called me and invited me to host it Uh, and I was honored to be part of this great event as I say it started as an AIDS fundraiser and has evolved now into uh, much more than that but um, I was I was glad to be part of the the team that started uh, all of this and that included choreographer uh, Randy Duncan my longtime pal welcome to the show Randy how you doing there my friend Hey my handsome friend. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. Nice to uh see you. Not nice to talk to you. Uh <laughs> yeah. and and uh you were did you do the our first dance for life show? I mean, you've been there since the very beginning, right?
9: Um well, the company that I was the artistic director of uh Joseph Hom Chicago Dance Theater, um which has disbanded uh, uh since that time um performed the very first one and Keith Elliott of course was one of my dancers so oh. he started yeah yeah and then 2 years later I started with the finale oh, I got
0: gotcha. it um, okay so you yeah. were you're involved with your dance company first and then that evolved into you taking dancers from each of the companies and putting exactly. putting together this performance uh, kind of yeah. a, a combined company performance of what is always a showstopper. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, it, it's it's been amazing, isn't it, really? I mean, the evolution of this uh, project to help others has turned into one of the premier entertainment nights in Chicago, hasn't it?
9: Absolutely. It really has. I mean, with the likes of the Joffrey Ballet and Hubbard Street and Giordano... Uh, I mean, it's really, I mean, they've been there since the beginning. Um, It's just turned into something uh, extraordinary, not to mention the support, you know, the reason why we do it. So, uh, no, it's really, really been great, and I've uh, certainly had a, uh, and continue to have a wonderful time working with these dancers. Yeah,
0: uh, you know, we have to acknowledge you mentioned Keith Elliott, who is, uh, you know, one of the founders of all of this. Uh, we have to mention Harriet Ross. Uh it was you know one of the founders. Danny Kopelson. Uh, uh-huh. All of us, all of us old timers who were there uh, back in the in the beginning, back at the old organic theater that's not even there anymore. It's right. it's a con, it's an apartment building now where the right. original theater was, and it, that's right. the show uh, you know went it was in several different theaters, and for yeah. m- many years uh, out at the Skyline Stage at, at Navy Pier. Yeah. Uh, yes uh you know so whatever the weather was more often than not incredibly humid uh while mm-hmm. these poor dancers are trying to stay hydrated uh getting ready for the the shows but then you know then a ship's horn would go off and uh, <laughs> yes. uh but and, and, but but for the past several years at the uh at the auditorium what uh what do you have planned for this year
9: uh, this year, we're going to uh, restage, well, I'm restaging uh, the one we did during the pandemic, which was, um, it's called As One, with music by Ira Antelis, one of my fantastic um, composers that I use from time to time, uh, with uh, costumes by uh, Richard Deha. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, yeah, so we did this at Millennium Park a couple of years ago, and people were still wearing masks and so forth, oh, okay. so I decided, you know, to to get it right. We're going to, I and mean, it, it was, you know, greeted by a great ovation then, but this time we have control over lights and everything indoors, um,
0: and uh, I even have more dancers assigned for this particular piece. Uh, I, forgot and it about, I i mm-hmm. i forgot about the covid uh I- I version uh i yeah. i was there at uh at the uh pritzker pavilion uh, that's right i saw that yeah. and everybody was wearing a mask and while it was yeah. still fu- it was fun to be out with people and all that everybody was yeah. masked we still you know had that like don't get too close to me kind of of <laughs> mentality that everybody uh-huh. had so it'll be it'll be great to see this uh in the way that you probably originally intended.
9: Absolutely, absolutely. What's funny about being at the Pritzker, because it gets dark uh, much later uh, during the summer, it's hard to see the lights during the day when we have to tech. You really can't see anything. So, yeah, you have to go on a wish and a prayer as far as that's concerned. Whereas at the Auditorium Theater, of course, we can control everything because it's indoors. Yeah. uh, and We can control the birds
0: and things as well. Right. Right. The outdoor (laughs) outdoor shows sometimes did provide a few surprises uh, along the way. I was talking with uh, Jim Toronto here, who's in studio with me, who is an actor on his own, in addition to uh, many other things that I can't really mention on the air. Uh, (laughs) uh, The uh, court order uh, prohibits me from uh, mentioning (laughs) those things. But he is is a performer himself, and we were talking about how rigorous uh, the training is uh, and the work Uh that goes into being a dancer. Uh, You were uh, quite the performer yourself, all over the world you have choreographed all over the world can you talk a little bit about the the physical demands on uh, a dancer uh, being in uh, you know a, a performance
9: oh my god well first off you know you're taking class every day uh meaning that you're at the bar doing some pliés and um Undoes and stretches and whatnot to keep your body in shape and well-oiled and tuned just like a uh, Stradivarius, you know. So um, there is is that. And then uh, there is the time in which you use to rehearse the things that you're going to do. And there's a lot of lifting. Uh, you, You don't need to go to the to the gym because you've got all this stuff going on, uh, as far as a dancer is concerned in the studio itself, um, making yourself stronger and um, uh, dealing with um, where the story is coming from and all of that. I mean, there's so much to that, that, uh, that is entailed when you are a dancer and, uh, and the performance as far as a, dance performer is
0: concerned i was um, i was talking about how uh the uh, the training that a dancer goes through is similar to what an athlete uh, goes through a couple of people on our text line this morning uh are saying mm-hmm. how how could i possibly compare a dancer to uh, a chicago bear you know being out on the the gridiron uh i stand yeah. by my statement i i think that it's as I, i've seen these dancers uh, in their training, I've seen what goes into this. Uh, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's a different kind of physicality, but w- wouldn't you say that it's very similar to what an athlete goes through?
9: Uh, it, it goes it goes far beyond even what some of the athletes go through because we're always um, working on perfecting the littlest of things uh, to make it appear on stage as if it's all magical. Um, and the only way to do that is to train your body in a way that is going to change your body. Um, so it's, it's very, very similar to the athletes, but I would say uh, going beyond that. Because yeah. after you've your body, then you've got a story to tell.
3: Right.
0: Right. Well, uh, Elton, uh, ex- explain what you were talking about when you were you were in Young Frankenstein. Yeah, well, I've
3: I've, I've uh, you know I've, I've been in a couple of musicals. I do more dramatic or straight plays, but I've done um, and and even at the audition, uh, uh, you know, phase. I've it's always been so interesting that the choreographer will tell everybody, "Okay, we're going to do a da 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 da." You you have your own language yeah and everybody cool. just says I'm gonna, we're going to do this da, 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 and, that, da, da, da. and the people that are trained dancers and I'm not one of them
5: yeah. they
3: just catch you don't even redo you don't even practice it you just yeah. sort of <laughs> tell them the order it could be seven or eight different moves and yeah. and they just boom it's 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 yeah. incredible not yeah, even they, yeah and they had, they never did it before they never did this uh, this uh, sequence and you just bark it out and they do it
9: uh, oh, oh yeah yeah that's the idea that's all behind the training and the and the vocabulary that you learn as a as a dancer you know chassé pas de double tour you know uh after Chicago.
3: Yeah, yeah. I those thought those were of- menu items. I was. I said, that's yeah, I'll have, right. a, I'll have a bowl of that.
8: Right. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and in some cases, that's what it sounds
3: like. <laughs> <you>? <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I have nothing but uh, but respect Absolutely. because not only did you, like you said, the the the, the training and the toning, but
0: uh, but then just the ability to do that put it uh, all together you yeah. know what you know what i always think is how do they remember all this i know how do they remember all the steps but they do mm-hmm. and it's uh, that's the beauty of the well, art that's why they're pros dance for life 2023 is saturday august the 19th 6 p.m at the auditorium theater downtown chicago and you can get tickets by going to auditoriumtheater.org Uh, Randy, I'll be there at the show this year, and I'm looking forward to seeing my longtime pal. Uh, It's great to talk to you. I'm looking forward to to seeing you. I think Schwanig was going to stay hydrated on a show like this. (laughs) (laughs) I could could cramp up at any moment. (laughs) You ever get those those
3: those th- leg cramps, those those calf cramps yeah. in the middle oh, yeah. of the night? Yeah. Oh yeah. my yeah. God, what the Arr, heck is that? Arr. You have to
1: jump out of bed and oh, straighten welcome, your leg. Welcome to old guys talking about
5: <laughs> pain, aches and pains. But isn't that crazy? Arr. It's just
0: so it just yeah, it's, it's totally extremely painful. Tenses up extremely painful um i want to just take a moment to thank we have the most wonderful listeners best in the world andy don't you think we have we definitely do we hear such nice uh, comments people are so nice uh i get emails all the time of people saying how much they enjoy they look forward to sunday morning and us goofing around and having some fun and providing some laughs, you you probably Andy, you probably get some. I would imagine. Yeah, right?
4: people, uh, you know, stop me on the street. I'm no, just kidding. Uh, yeah, they, I do have. I've gotten some
0: comments. Aren't you the guy with the hernia? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the update on your hernia, <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, our our new. Let uh, me
1: show you my scar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We we decided that uh, we're going to start doing a feature on the show where we answer <laughs> medical questions, even though we have no knowledge <laughs> From whatsoever. From Dr.
1: Howard, Dr. Fine, and Dr. Howard.
0: Well, uh, somebody, uh, somebody uh, sent a text in suggesting a name for this feature everything but doctor most and then uh, elton jim came up with really yeah
3: questions for the quacks
0: yeah oh i like that's perfect questions for the quacks questions for the quacks how about perfect. questions for dr least <laughs> dr least dr least and dr, dr. least exactly uh, but, uh dr
1: least dr less dr more lesser like yeah. yeah
3: less lesser less <laughs> we
0: uh we 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 just get such nice uh, feedback and we really uh, appreciate it but maybe uh, none has summed it up better than the 708 area code saying that uh, i love the show and I have to say, I love you guys. You're so stupid in a oh. good way. <laughs> but when Elton Jim is on the show. The stupidity level. It raises up. <laughs> so. Raises or lowers. Well, yeah, it depends on depends your perspective, on right I guess. Address. Next week, the ingrown toenail. That's <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to a stupid but in a good way show. <laughs> if I didn't have Mr. Chatterbox here uh, talking to me when oh, I should yeah. be paying attention. It's my fault. Man. I blame the whole thing on you, <laughs> yeah. but had you uh, heard this as planned, it would have uh, just slid right into this. <laughs> Text uh, in uh, will Elton John, uh, Elton Jim ever be quiet? You should hear him during the <laughs> breaks. <laughs> uh, Dean Richards Sunday morning, WGN, Shawnee and Andy and uh, Elton Jim is here, fresh back from Stockholm, Sweden, beautiful city. Ever been there? We went to see the final Elton John concert. I have never been there. No, Stockholm is. We were there several. Years ago, uh, as part of a
3: cruise, um, and so I remembered a little of it, but it is just a gorgeous city, very yeah. beautiful. I didn't know it. it's comprised of like 14 islands. That hmm. is correct. So there are all little water tributaries oh, nice. in between all the land. So you go on a little boat and you go through, they have a beautiful amusement park that's right off the water there. Nice, yeah.
0: It's gorgeous. Never been to anything Sweden, been to Andersonville. <laughs> went to the Swedish bakery a couple of times. The McDonald's there has McCarring, which is nice. <laughs> that's, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that, was that was very good. Good, that's Swedish,
3: good Swedish. I had some Swedish meatballs, and they really were good. Was it as
0: good as Ikea? Well, not as that. I mean, they weren't as good as that. The <laughs> reason that I'm playing a little cheap trick. Yeah, why are you, you playing today? cheap trick? Uh, it's their finale appearance in the Chicago area tonight. What? At the Metro. What do you I'll mean? be there. Oh, you going? I'm going. Nice. You get Andy, Mister Concert Goer, these days. What do you
3: mean? Yes. It's their finale. What do you mean? They're not touring anymore.
0: No. Wow, I didn't know they were quitting. Wow. How many of their shows have you been to?
3: About seven. I love Cheap Trick. Yeah. I interviewed uh, Rick Nielsen a couple of times here at he's, WGN. Uh, and he's a good
0: guy. Yeah, I love them. Good guy, great band, rock and roll hall of famers. Yeah. Uh, but uh, at the uh, Metro for tonight, not a huge venue. I would guess it's sold out. But oh, if you're it's if you're interested, um, uh, you, can, you know, take a look at their website and see if tickets are still available for that show. List. Are they
3: playing a f- full album, Andy? Or are they just doing a show?
4: Yeah, I I don't know the details. Uh, a friend of mine got the tickets and said, "Hey, do you want to go?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." Oh, nice. Because
3: I haven't seen them before. So, oh yeah, they're great. I mean, several about twenty thirty years twenty five years ago, they did a a string of shows. They always play the Metro. And they did the full albums of back in their career, huh. and I went to like two or three of those. I, they did like you know the the classic uh, you know Heaven Tonight album and their In Color album and stuff, and uh, and even what's his name uh, Billy Corgan showed up. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was very. cool. He's a
0: fan. Billy so you're Corgan. gonna have a great you're gonna have a great time tonight. Also uh, going on today, the final night of Windy City Smokeout. Which is the this big country? Oh, the country music, country music festival that's been going on in the parking lot, basically, of the United right. Center. Yeah. Uh, Zach Brown was there. Darius Rucker. Luke Bryan was there last night, and it's the Zach Brown band uh, playing there tonight. They have great music. Tons of barbecue. I haven't been over in that neighborhood while this has been going on, but I have to think it's the best smelling neighborhood in Chicago. Well, if it's in the parking lot, then where do you park? There's other places to park. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, yeah. around there. <laughs> So there are other parking lots and <laughs> the red the red the the red, new invention called parking on the street yeah i know i'm just saying it's a, you you know, know, they're in a parking lot so yeah, there's places to park there uh sundays on state street is beginning uh, again today uh, where they have uh, free music right right downtown on uh, state street so you can uh, check that out uh and also last night i was at the saint halalobus greek orthodox church sure you were big greek uh fest oh that's going on this is one of the best uh, the greek churches in the chicago area every summer put on a big uh you know festivals with music and dancing and games for the i kids was homeless and, i didn't do anything uh, all that was right down the street from you it's yeah, not that far you should, uh, didn't ask right me. i probably could have uh, called you where, where where is it in niles Oh, that's not that far. Yeah. Uh, it's right on Caldwell. Say that word In, uh, again. St. Haralabos. Haralabos. How do you spell that? Haralabos. Um, it is uh, just north of Tui on Caldwell. Oh. And I had some of the best. This festival is famous for amazing food, mm-hmm. Greek food. And uh, if you're interested, they're open. Uh, they reopen again today at three o'clock, and they go I think until ten or midnight or something. Uh, but it's always so much fun—the uh, Greek dancing, the j- just everything. So uh, get out there and have some fun. What'd you eat? I had uh, pork souvlaki, ah. which is like a pork shish kebab. Nice Greek salad, spanakopita. Ah, of s- course, spinach pie—you gotta have that. And then uh, the treat of the night is Uh-oh. a dessert that's called lucumades. It's a fried dough ball, basically, that they uh, drench in honey and walnuts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's delicious. And so you it's
3: fried, right? then
0: dipped in honey. Dipped in honey. And then rolled. Rolled in uh, walnuts.
3: Oh. Chopped
0: walnuts. What's
3: What's bad about that? Nothing. I haven't heard one... Bad thing
0: Fried yeah. Is always good yeah. Ask my belt buckle There's nothing wrong With any of A <laughs> belt buckle How many lava lava lava's Did you have <laughs> have to look this Is I believe The word you're looking for uh, I, Well you order When you order them You get like a big uh, Oh like a little Like yeah. a plate of them Oh so I probably had about ten of them. Oh my! God. They're small. They're they're like little munchkin oh, oh, balls. Oh okay. They're, they're tiny. Yeah, nice. But I could have eaten another ten. Where did they have the big gyro uh, spits all everywhere? They had. They have a whole variety oh. of different foods. I just. That I, I just happen to like their pork shish kebab. This mm. So if you're looking for some great food today, that's uh, definitely uh, something for you to take advantage of. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the new movies that are opening this week, uh, both uh, from controversial actors. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part One. People have a love-hate relationship with Tom Cruise. For a variety of reasons, a lot of people just don't like the guy and they don't like him personally and they don't like what he stands for. They don't like his religion. They don't like how he's, uh, his relationships uh, that he has been in. Uh, I really try to separate the art from the artist. Uh, when I go to review a movie, I mean, some people have said, I gave it a Dean's List A. I, li- I like the movie, it's really great. Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible movie um people said how how dare i give it uh, a dean's list a how dare i give it a good review uh don't you know about tom cruise and blah 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 and he's done this and he's done that most of which uh, are just things that people have read in the tabloids number one but the bigger issue for me is i'm not re- reviewing a movie based on his personal life i'm reviewing the movie based on uh the artistic- what i see on the screen uh, so you know, everybody, you can feel any way that you want to about them. I'm not telling you how to feel about them or what to think. And hey, Da Vinci and Michelangelo weren't uh, the—they've uh, had yeah. some interesting things in their backgrounds too. Yeah, I'm not telling you what to think. Please don't tell me what to think. Uh, you know, we can all have our own opinions, and you know, and move on our our happy ways. The other movie uh, is called The Sound of Freedom, that stars Jim Caviezel who played uh, Jesus right. in the very gruesome uh, Passion of the Christ. Right. Uh, but he is widely known for uh, ultra-right views. Uh, some say that he's tied with QAnon. Um, I mean, there are a whole variety of things uh, that people, uh, since I also give that movie a good review, uh, people are telling me, how can I possibly give a movie like that uh, you know, a good review? Don't you know about Jim Caviezel? Don't you know about the QAnon, uh, blah blah blah, this this and that. And again, I review the movie based on what I see on the screen. And this movie, Sound of Freedom, is about the rampant child sex trafficking, which is going on all over the world. It's a it's a horribly uh, disgusting, out of control problem. And if Uh, i i found this movie very eye-opening uh it's not an easy movie to watch it's not easy to watch children being abducted by creeps and perverts uh and see how you know where the it's not overly graphic but it's more than implied what's happening to these kids once they are abducted Uh, and it's a little bit disgusting uh, but I found this, in, uh, it's, it's a hard movie to watch, as I said, but it's one that I think is useful for everybody to watch. Yeah. So you understand it better, especially if you have kids. So you're watching your kids like Hawks and keeping them uh, safe. I gave that also a good review. But some people, I took a beating on social media uh, for uh, my positive reviews of both of these <laughs> movies and these two controversial actors but at the same time how dare i how dare i give a good review to a movie from either of these two people and i you know i'm not reviewing their personal lives uh, that, that's not what this is about. My job is to go see a movie and tell you what I think about the movie. Don't you know who's backing this movie? Well, I don't know who's backing Transformers or, you know, a, a lot of the movies. I don't know where where the money's coming from for a lot of these big movies. That's not what I'm reviewing. I'm reviewing the movie. So, uh, you know, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting back and forth uh, you know, like so many things on the internet, a lot of it is just completely loony and uh, out of control. And why I hate social media because people can just say or do whatever they want in the most disgusting, rude, and uh, horrific fashions, and there is zero consequence. That's, you know, on the internet, people can throw digital Malatov cocktails, and there's no consequence whatsoever. Uh, why i hate it uh there have been some reason comments saying i respect that you know your review and this and that i won't go see it because i don't like this and that that's perfectly reasonable to me but uh some of the nasty horrible nasty personal comments are just why i hate the internet
3: <laughs> and they're personal attacks at you yeah
0: Yeah, for having the nerve to uh, how dare I say anything positive. Well, somebody likes Tom Cruise
3: movies because basically Tom Cruise is responsible for the comeback of the entire Hollywood movie business in the last year and a half between Maverick and now I would assume this.
0: Yeah. Well, right now, uh, the uh, Mission Impossible movie is uh, taken in uh, over six, uh, fifty-six million dollars uh, for the weekend so far. It's going to wind up probably somewhere closer to sixty million by time the all the uh, counting is done. And this uh, Sound of Freedom movie—it's an independent movie. Uh, I hadn't really even heard about it. There's been no promotion on this movie. Normally, movie studios are sending me emails and calling me and contacting me, and don't forget to mention our movie, and don't don't you want to interview the star of the movie, and don't you want this, and don't you want this? Sound of Freedom did none of that. They had zero promotion. Uh, This is uh, a word-of-mouth movie. And... um, it's doing phenomenally well at the box office. Not that that makes it right or wrong, but this movie is resonating with people. And I think it's because it's about a topic, which is so important, uh, protecting your children. That's, that's really what this movie is about. Uh, you know, Caviezel, uh, his connections, the backers, whatever, none of that's in the movie. None of his political views are in the movie. Uh, None of that. This is a movie about a guy who is uh, a a former Homeland Security agent who has had it with children being uh, abducted and taken advantage of, and he goes on a one-man crusade to save children. Got a problem with that topic? (laughs) You you think that children should be abducted and, (laughs) and abused? Then there's a greater problem that you should be thinking about. I personally find that sickening and disgusting. Anyone who would harm a child uh i i don 't even have words strong enough for how disgusting I think that is and wrong I think that is, and that 's what this movie is about so so get off my back on social wow.
3: media hey, you get off my cloud <laughs> How about this uh this actor and writer strike now? I mean, how is that going to affect the the the, the upcoming season of films or the
0: next year yeah well it's you know who knows um Simon Pegg. Who is in the Mission Impossible? The new Mission Impossible movie was at the, our TV morning show this week, the day before the strike happened, uh, and uh, I asked him, you know, what was going to happen. He goes, "We're supposed to. We're working on the next Mission Impossible movie right Cause now." Because this is a part one, you said. This right? is a part one. Does right. it end with a like a, like a cliffhanger? It ends. It, the movie is self-contained so it's not one of these abrupt endings right. to be continued which oh, okay. i hate yeah uh, but it does it, it concludes itself and if you if you didn't yeah you know that there's more coming i see but you don't feel like oh, you yeah. just cut it off at the best part yeah uh but he said that they're working on the new one right now and that if the strike happens they're closing they have to shut down Every all the movies have shut down everything is shut down interviews have shut down red carpets have shut down a lot
3: of the actors went to the red carpets yep. to the beginning but then they left before the movies were shown like they left the they did the
0: interviews to promote it and then they, they left. split yeah yeah they split once, <laughs> once once the strike was announced yeah they they waited yeah. until the strike was announced <laughs> uh so who, who knows what kind of view uh you know that's uh, going to be coming up with uh all i know is that uh on the TV morning show, and probably here on the radio as well, we're not doing any new interviews until the strike is resolved. No. So uh, I'll be going back into the vault and you know finding some 1980s interviews that a few more cooking
3: with, segments on the on the, uh, with, with, on, the on the morning I hope, show. I hope
0: you like interviews <laughs> with Carrot Top because I, I have, <laughs> Shore have a few of those coming up soon. With the, the whole Sunday morning crew and Elton Jim Toronto uh, here today. As he says when he fills in for others here on the station, listen anyway. But listen anyway. Yeah, Elton Jim's here, but listen anyway. (laughs) And uh, I gotta say, people are taking their nice pills today. We've had like very nice comments about you today, which is really unusual.
3: Well, which is, I mean, I'm a nice guy. You are. I don't understand. You know, you are. So they're finally coming around. It's only taken ten years. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're going to get to our interview with director Christopher Nolan in a couple of minutes. Is this from Inception? This is from, I know, I know you're going to see a lot of interviews from me from back in the day. Uh, I've got my big interview with Lenny Kazan coming up. <laughs> you and Sid
3: Sharice i never heard her we talk had chemistry oh my god she lot. said things i never thought right. she'd ever reveal
0: right you have to ignore that we're talking about her appearance at mr kelly's but, but <laughs> at
3: the saber room at the saber room
0: on 95th street <laughs> uh yeah we, we're probably gonna dig into our archives for some uh but how
3: so how like but some of said, the old
0: interviews because of the strike but, but, but when you
3: say old though what do you mean by old
0: <laughs> like years old yeah oh really yeah i'm gonna go back into the vault (laughs) oh i'll show you my first uh tv uh (gasps) celebrity tv interview that i did one mr george clooney george for what for the movie oh brother where art thou wow that was your first that was my first uh, they're called junket interviews. yeah where i went to new york and i interviewed the cohn brothers who directed that movie and who else was in it uh uh, I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, George, I, I sat down with the young George. So King. that was the young, first... Young Dean sat down with the young George.
3: Now, that movie doesn't seem that long ago.
0: That's uh, like 25 years ago. That's how long you've been at Channel 9? I've been there longer than that, but uh, that's when I started doing these uh-huh. junket interviews in New York and L.A. Yeah. And wow. All that. So, yeah, we're going to dig into the vault for some of those old classic interviews. But as I said, the studios literally the past few <laughs> weeks have been... Uh, you know shipping us all over the place to do interviews to get all these interviews done before the strike was about to happen and now it has and everything's shut down so we have some interviews to last us for a while so do
3: you have enough to last us the, the, the summer season like uh, through august or no uh, yeah through
0: august yeah through august
3: well, so that's, so they pretty much at least they will cover that. I think
0: the strike's going to go much longer. Than oh, you that. do? I do. Yeah. Wow. The, the writers and actors strike, I think, will linger for a while. So then
3: what will movies do if, they, if they're going to come out in the fall? They'll just There'll be no promotion.
0: Well, a lot of the movies are already done.
3: No, but I mean, in terms of when they're marketed, you know, now when they come to the theater... They're, 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 still,
0: for this year, they'll still come to the theater at the same time. They're, no, but my point done. is they
3: won't have any interviews.
0: No, there won't be interviews. That's my point, the they're, marketing part of it. There
3: will not be interviews for those. Wow. Nope. Now, here's a question that I have for you, since you're Mr. Film. <laughs> Query away. You just said that, um, that Mission Impossible 2 is probably going to do about $60 million. Right. Now, from what I read a couple of weeks ago, the Indiana Jones film did 60 million dollars right that was considered a huge flop no i
0: I absolutely not
3: that's what i was reading that they were disappointed and that this was a flop
0: i don't think i don't think that mission uh i don't think that harrison ford uh, uh indiana jones was considered a complete flop it it may have underperformed what their expectations were but i don't think complete flop because what is
3: now given the way the the theater uh you know business is being affected by covid what w- you know before it was the hundred million dollar weekend depends on the movie depends on but the can budget. can a movie make a hundred million dollars anymore sure
0: absolutely yeah. but we're not we're not getting as many maybe, as we used the, to. maybe not in the first week but they used to my point is in the summer it depends on the movie it depends on the movie but it, absolutely the dynamics are different now than they were before the pandemic De- definitely people are still not going to the theaters as much as they used to it's gotten better but it's still not quite the same um, i'm just wondering is the threshold been lowered now like? Uh, well the, the threshold is lowered because they they know that that they 're not going people get are hunter. still a little bit skittish. I mean people got very used to watching things at home, yeah uh, so I, I think that 's part of the dynamic now, so you know we 'll see they 'll perform the way that they uh, perform uh, Lots of interesting comments about what I was talking about of um, you know the, the feedback that I received this week about giving Tom Cruise a positive review. Uh, a very polarizing figure to a lot of people, I get it. you know feel uh, you know, I, I, I feel like you have your own opinion about uh, Tom Cruise. I, I know when I go to review a movie i 'm reviewing what I see on the screen. Uh, same thing with this movie, The Sound of Freedom uh, starring Jim Caviezel. Uh, also a very polarizing figure. Uh, I review what I see on the screen, and I happen to like both of these movies. This movie, Sound of Freedom, which is essentially an independent movie uh, that, uh, you know, is, is like the number two movie. It's, it, I think it's going to wind up being the number two movie of the weekend. It's doing phenomenally well at the box office, uh, despite zero promotion for this uh, film. Uh, and, you know, the, the amount of money that a movie takes in doesn't dictate the quality, in my opinion. It does show what people are interested in, what they're not interested in. But, uh, you know, I I reviewed these movies and gave my opinion of them before they opened. So my reviews have nothing to do with their box office performance. But that said, uh, you know, these movies are uh, doing uh, very well. Um, Some of the feedback uh, on this uh, include, uh, here's somebody that saw the movie saying uh, it's, for, for people who say it's just a movie, it's not. It's totally real and very, very scary and heartbreaking because it's a movie about child sex trafficking. It's disgusting to watch it. Uh, it's heartbreaking. It's hard to watch. Uh, watching, kids, watching kids getting harmed, it's about the worst thing in the world that I can think of uh, right now. And uh, that, that's what this movie is about. But uh, again, I, I'm reviewing what I see on the screen. Uh, It happens to be about uh, what I think is a very uh, serious subject. Uh, Here is uh, another saying, uh, Dean, uh, political views aside, you gave the new John Wick movie a B- and said you've had enough of the shooting, and now you give Mission Impossible uh, an A. Two completely different movies. The John Wick movie is nothing but uh, gun violence. That's the John Wick movie. There is much more to the Mission Impossible movie, and uh, I, you know the, whoever wrote this uh, text. I don't know if you've seen. I'm guessing that you haven't seen the Mission Impossible movie, or you would know. These are two completely different kinds of movies. There is much more plot to the uh, uh, Mission Impossible movie. There's humor to it. There are stunts. There are things. There's much more than a man pulling a gun out of his boot out of his pocket out of his shoulder strap whatever and shooting people and that's what John Wick 4 is you know you can love it if you want to again I'm not telling anybody what to like and don't tell me what to like I'll have my opinion and you have your opinion and and you know let's let's try to be civil and uh, respect that but uh, to that point though Uh, completely, completely different kind of movie. Uh, here is one that says, Dean, I'm glad you revisited the sound of freedom revisited because I didn't see it last week because I was on vacation. So I didn't see it. Uh, but it says even with folks not going to see the movie because of the actor or QAnon endorsing it, uh, it's, you know, we should still have respect for other people's opinions. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know very much about QAnon, but apparently they endorsed this movie. Should I hate a movie because somebody else that I may or may not agree with, I don't agree with QAnon in, in this particular case. Should I hate a movie because they liked it? I'm, again, I'm judging the movie based on what I see. If somebody that I don't like, Sees it and also likes it. Should I hate it for that reason? I don't think so. I think the answer there uh, is no. You like when I go on these rants a little bit, don't you?
3: Well, you definitely. I mean, I. I mean, uh, there you are standing up. I mean, I, I. When you brought this soapbox into the studio, I wasn't sure what you were going to do with it. But now I see you are standing up uh, upward, you know, upright on it. Uh, no, I think. But, that, but that's, an, that's an important. Um, that's an important. Uh, you know, qualification of you to say that because. You are doing this, and and especially in today's world, because of the internet and social media, everybody has an opinion on everything, and and everybody now knows more information about, like you were saying before, who funds this movie and all this other stuff. So, it's important for for people to understand that you are viewing that you are not taking the whole thing in all at, at once, but you're looking at it from as an artistic, creative project aside from whatever this person may do in in this film if they're not espousing those views then you should not be judging them on those views
0: I think I think that you know some some people on social media uh, said that I'm not doing my job if I'm not considering all of the uh, extra things I think you're the doing moment. your job but I think but I think that require if I did that and I don't if i did that then that brings my political views into right. it my morals into it my uh, my my judgment on things into it i don't think that's what my job is you're supposed to go in objectively i'm supposed to tell you what this movie is about and whether i think this movie works i don't think i should t- i don't think it's my job to see this movie and tell you that i don't like it because i don't like one of the backers that's that's more about me than about the movie, and that's I think that's irrelevant. And that's part of this uh, social media world that we're living in now, where people, and, and I'm here to tell you from the feedback that I've gotten, people uh, want to bring their political views into everything. Everything. And that's, you, you, uh, you're welcome to do whatever you want to do. I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm telling you that, I'm telling you what I think. Yeah, uh, I'll you, you can be as nutty as you want to and think whatever you want to. Uh God bless you. Uh, and don't tell me what to think. Because I, I I I know that the I I know my job is to s- tell you what I think of what I see on the screen and nothing more.
3: Well, unfortunately, d- journalism and the media have become more personality and opinion based even in how the news, which supposedly should be objective, is reported. People go to those different news outlets that agree with their own political views to hear the, the news uh, given in that way. So they now they expect anyone who has an opinion to be talking about it from their personal views right. instead of journalism is supposed to be objective right it's and, supposed to be fact-based and i know that's And we've hard,
0: strayed from that That's hard to believe based on all the talking head shows right that are out there in podcasts and where everybody feels like you, that we must know what your political views are on everything but you know what mostly we don't care i'd love to know how siskel and ebert would have
3: been able to work
0: within this world i cannot even tell you <laughs> how many times i have thought about what i i knew roger way more than i knew gene gene passed away first yeah i knew roger pretty well i think of what would roger be thinking living in the social media world and what would roy leonard oh. how would roy leonard be dealing wow with yeah yeah all, all of this it's and,
3: it's so it's so uh, it's so uh removed from their view yeah. of how they would look at a film or any kind of of once again creative project. Now,
0: did I ever tell you what Roy uh, told me that on his he finished his last show? I was coming on next, and you know we gave a big hug and congratulations. Right. And he said, "I'm glad you're taking the helm and mm-hmm. you'll do great." And then he whispers in my ear, "I'm so glad I don't have to deal with what you're going to have oh. to deal." <laughs> he was prophetic in more ways than one quick break and director christopher nolan talks about his new movie oppenheimer it is eleven fifty three on wgn just a moment ago during this break you know we're right on wacker drive a helicopter just flew by <laughs> that, a window that was the freakiest thing I it, ever saw. we're on the 18th floor of, <laughs> and it was even with us it was even with us <laughs> it looked like this helicopter was coming through the window i mean now i mean that- and then it then it flew even lower right like close to the water over by navy pier over by the locks and is it still and on? now it went up it. it went up a little right.
3: but it was a red it, it wasn't a traffic i mean it was a red it helicopter was a red helicopter that looked very 911-ish to me. That was very scary right now.
0: All right, Tom Cruise, I know you're out there uh, somewhere.
3: <laughs> that was very him waving. Thanks that for the good review. <laughs> I saw I saw somebody parachute out of it right there.
0: Jim and I were talking and I was like, <laughs> "What the <laughs> blank was that?" Oh my god. So flew by. I mean, that was close to this building. It was very close to the <laughs> it, was, it was I mean. Very close to the building. You could window. see inside. Yeah. I almost got a beverage from the flight attendant. That was on it all right. right well we'll keep an eye out the window and see what's happening here Eleven fifty-five. time for our uh, a-list interview of the week director christopher nolan has given us memento has given us inception tenant and uh, of course the uh, three remarkable dark night movies uh, some of them made here in chicago right by wgn uh, i might add where they kept all the their helicopters and their vehicles and we would see the batmobile drive by it was on lower wacker wgn all the time well by the tv station yeah. is where they housed everything but yeah. they filmed it right by the radio station here downtown on lower wacker his new movie is called oppenheimer which is the story of uh, robert robert oppenheimer who is known as the father of the atomic bomb and that's what this movie is about the development of the bomb which uh, interestingly uh, today is the anniversary july 16th 1945 when they first tested the first atomic bomb and we'll be talking much more about this movie christopher nolan actually lived in chicago when he was a young man and uh, knew a little bit about our tv station when i walked in the room to talk to him in new york
2: wgn channel nine that's
0: right we, uh, we still tell stories of how you used our parking lot for helicopters and vehicles and oh, wow. and all the all the good old days. And I have to say, I did think about when you blew up half the of Chicago for a dark night <laughs> last night. It's like, oh, he's still blowing things up. Still blowing things up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk to me uh, about the, the making of this. Because, I mean, the, the storytelling of this, uh, the way that you tell the story is quite provocative and quite uh Interesting. How, how do you mm. approach telling this story, which is fairly well known, but to make it so visceral?
2: For me the, the key to it uh, Was getting in his head taking J. Robert Oppenheimer who's an ambiguous figure his story is full of paradox. It's full of uh, Tragedy and triumph. It's a, it's a mixture of, of ethical dilemmas uh, and, and you know a man who's at the very center of one of the biggest shifts in uh, humankind's relationship with the universe, frankly. Uh, So how do you get into that? Well, to me, it's, let's get in his head. Let's see things from his experience. Um, The story is one we know the broad strokes of, but his personal relationship, his engagement with um, the Manhattan Project and and everything that that changed about our world. Um, I was working from a book called American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin Sherwood. And early on in that book, you come to a passage that makes it clear that Los Alamos, which would become the birthplace of the atomic bomb and is still to this day a very important laboratory for defense and uh, production of weapons, um, it was a place he liked to go camping with his brother. It was that personal to him. And he just said, if I could find a way to combine physics in New Mexico, my life would be, hmm. would be complete getting into the story in the personal way that to me was the way in uh talk to me a little bit about the uh filmmaking itself yeah uh and the explosion itself the explosion itself that you did without cgi mm. how, how did you create that well we don't want to give away all the tricks yeah <laughs> but uh i didn't want to use cgi oh, oh, why why didn't you want to use it um, well the thing yeah. with the cgi is it's it's animation it's incredibly versatile it's a very powerful tool but inherently it, it, it tends to feel a bit safe not that threatening that's why it's uh, tricky to use in horror films things like that and when it comes to the trinity explosion this is for the people who witnessed it it's one of the most beautiful and terrifying things simultaneously and i challenge my visual effects supervisor and my special effects supervisor to say okay take cg off the table how can we give this imagery the beauty the sort of hypnotic beauty but also the threat the feeling of danger to it and so We looked to real-world solutions. They found some very brilliant solutions, some of them very small, Mm. microscopic, things that stood in for larger things, and some of them very, very big and and very explosive. But also (laughs) done with restraint and Mm. respect uh, and dignity.
0: I mean, it would have been very easy to make it a horrific moment, uh, and you
2: chose not to do that at all. Well, what I'm trying to do, without giving away too much about The Trinity Test itself, which is obviously the centerpiece of the film, and we knew it had to be a showstopper and and you had to really involve people, but we really wanted to be in their heads as to how they were experiencing it. And the film is a film about consequences, and sometimes it's about the delay between the action and then the consequences that result. And so they're in a particular mindset, they're focused, these scientists and the the military people, you know, Matt Damon as General Groves, Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer, they're coming together with this massive team and they work for years and spend billions of dollars, billions in 1945 dollars, uh, for this one moment to see if they can make this thing work. And so there's an incredible focus in a very particular way. Um, And that's where the beauty and the... The terror comes from in, mm-hmm. in one set of images. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, not only in
0: the telling of Oppenheimer's story, but how it relates to the world today. And mm-hmm. All the things that they talked about then that we're still dealing with. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. As well. Thank you. Christopher Nolan, uh, the director of the new movie Oppenheimer, that will be opening in theaters everywhere this coming Friday during the week next week. I'll be uh, talking with its stars, Killian Murphy uh matt damon uh emily blunt uh will uh share the story and i'll tell you what i think of the movie which is r- really rather uh startling that's all coming up and we'll get into our food time show in our next hour stick around hey you want a little blast from the past Yeah. You love Blast from the past. (laughs) Twani lives in the past. (laughs) Music ended when the Beatles broke up. Yeah. That's 1970, Dave. I know. (laughs) Twani likes to sit in his room and. Play forty five RPM records and drink tab. <laughs> RC Fresco, Fresco, Fresco. Do they still make RC
3: calls? Yeah, you know today. I when I sp- I parked in the in the building next door, and there's a police, uh, the fire station there, yeah. and there's these little outdoor little tables, yeah. and there was a can of RC. Really? Uh, that's why I said really? RC. And even uh on the little logo on the can, it says "My RC and Me." Oh, Remember that yeah, used to me me be there. RC, me and my RC, RC, me and my RC. Yeah. You so know what the RC
1: stands for, don't you? Royal Crown. Right. And you know who used to advertise for them? What do you mean,
0: Royal Crown? Do you Royal,
1: mean the whiskey Crown, Royal Cola? Crown Cola. No, no, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. What? Royal oh, Crown Oh, I'm thinking Cola. Crown Royal. You're thinking Crown Royal. I'm thinking Crown Royal. <laughs> yeah, Crown Royal is the is And the, the spokesperson for Royal Crown Cola was Art Linkletter. Course he was. Wow. Now
3: that's. I even have to go Google that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Art Linkletter on <gasps> the Art oh, Linkletter. You don't know who? Oh, Art I remember. Lake I remember. I remember him. But I mean, that's a real. That's like a. That's one that the average person might not know anymore.
0: <laughs> oh, it was, it, was, it was Art Linkletter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kids say the darndest things. <laughs> I used and to what watch, was the name when of I, his show? When I was homesick from school back in the day, I would watch Art Linkletter's House Party. That's, That's house, part was, the right? house party. The House Party. Derwood
1: Kirby and Alan Funt. Well, he was on uh, Candid
0: shows. All those guys. But it would need to... <sighs> I, I really don't want to get on this <laughs> rabbit hole. It's criticize, my fault. I it's make fun fault. of Schwani, and then I get sucked into it. And then you go right down. It. I get sucked into it. But didn't he just talk to housewives? Like right. Women would come to the show, oh, and they'd yeah. give recipes. And How'd then he'd get a stain out of a shirt. Yep. And then it was kids say the darndest things. He, right. yeah, he that would, that too he for would talk to kids and get them to say embarrassing things. On a things. panel there. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. And he
0: made a zillion
3: dollars right. doing that.
0: but he was the spokesperson for rc yeah
3: i remember seeing him
1: on uh, commercials in fact just a few weeks ago i think i saw one
0: i have to see if i can you mean like on youtube or something
1: why no i was watching television at
3: home is your tv like in, lives, in, a, in a in a in a time warp he How can, some, he he's been dead
0: the, for 90 years he lives in the twilight zone <laughs> it's funny he lives in the twilight there
3: zone. was a twilight zone where there was old where a radio just picked up old radio shows. oh yeah <laughs> well yeah.
0: about a half an hour ago i said you want a blast from the past <laughs> yes <laughs> and, and what is uh it? i uh, i ran into kathy o'malley yesterday oh
3: okay oh wow yeah, yeah. yeah. What was their? The girls? What were the what was girlfriends? There? The girlfriends. girlfriends. Yeah, the girlfriends. Yeah, you forget.
0: Uh, yeah. speaker Speak your piece, Sex Thursday. <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic. WGN features Judy markey and uh, Kathy O'Malley yeah. Kathy O'Malley. Yeah. But uh, sadly, it was at a memorial for a mutual friend of ours uh, who passed away. Yeah. Actually, uh, a former producer here at WGN, uh, Andy Perez was the was roy leonard's producer oh wow uh and uh, he was actually the very first producer that i worked with when i joined wgn well
3: you're like murphy brown so well, you go through more producers well there. i i
0: was just i was now he was, blames it on me <laughs> i was filling in for roy leonard uh, my my first time on wgn was filling in for roy leonard and andy was the producer andy perez was the producer of Roy's show, so he, you know, like kind of walked me through. Right. Uh, I had known him before that, so while you know it's my first time on WGN, I'm nervous as all get out. And he's, you know, talking in my ear, uh, you know, saying yeah. unprofessional things oh. and dirty things, <laughs> oh, and uh, you know, trying to make me laugh and loosen up, and oh, you cool. know, all that. But Andy was a fantastic guy. I worked here at WGN for years. Uh, decided to go into the public relations business and did that in Chicago uh, for a while and then moved out to Los Angeles to do the same kind of thing. And he passed away uh, last March. Hmm. Young man. He um, was born in 1967. So oh what my would goodness. that make him? 56. 56, 56. years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. A uh, young man uh, passed away and uh, uh, they had a lovely, his, his family organized a, a lovely memorial Uh, here in chicago for andy and a lot of old friends were there and uh i ran into kathy o on the way out and we had a nice chat and uh it's good to catch up with uh, old friends
3: she was always very nice to me when i was on the afternoon show she was always very complimentary Hmm. she always reached out and said oh you know she's always nice (laughs) even though when we came here we were
0: viewed as the devil. you and gary yeah <laughs> gary
3: Mike. that was a little scary we well, it was scared. a little
0: different for WGN. yeah
3: that was the, that first couple of months until they yeah. realized that we
0: weren't here you to guys, take you over you guys this way. broke new ground uh for, yeah. for WGN, but
3: it was it was i mean there was time when we were walking down the hallways at the beginning uh
0: there was if if looks if, if looks could kill <laughs> well, <laughs> there was a lot of that for me too when i came here i was an outsider. but kathy was always very nice in. kathy was always right. very nice right. and uh she uh you know uh you know made the point it's nice to catch up with old friends and uh, sadly it's usually at funerals and wakes and memorials and yeah. things like that so i guess that's just part of being our age but shout out to kathy Oh. To uh, you know, one of the one of the girlfriends and a legend here on WGN for a year. Get through this uh, nice Sunday. It's clouded up just a tiny bit, but it's gotten a little brighter than it was this morning. I think uh, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, Dean Richards uh, here with our regular Sunday crew and a special visit from Elton Jim Toronto.
3: Always nice to be here,
0: Dean. always I always
3: nice to have
0: you here. I notice you didn't use the uh, the correct.
3: Adjective. What do you mean? Before my name. What do you mean? Elton Jim Toronto. Jeff nominated.
0: Oh, Jeff nominated. <laughs> well, I, I did mention that earlier. I know. I mentioned that you were a... Uh, I know, but you're supposed to say it every time. Jefferson you Award it. nominated thespian uh, Jim Toronto, who's just back from uh, Stockholm, Sweden. We talked about this at the beginning of the show, but I think worth revisiting. Uh, you were at Elton John's very final show of his. Wouldn't you, you know? You would expect uh, you know for Elton uh, to be there for it, and uh, your two hundred and fourteenth Elton John show. The last
3: one was two hundred fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and uh, it was
3: spectacular. It was. It was very emotional, as you said before. It was. Uh, but it was funny uh, when Elton first came. When the when the tour started. In 2018, and especially when he came to Chicago his first time as part of the tour, I remember uh, he was very emotional. And when he would be talking about the fans, I remember the Chicago show, especially the first one at the United Center, I believe, he broke down, he stopped, and he, he put his head down, and he was very emotional. And that was happening a lot. And as the when the tour began
0: during the tour, not just because he was in Chicago, no, but just because he went through rehab here, and I really, in many ways, was reborn. Oh, he
3: has a yeah, he has a very tight connection. But but the the fans, he was beginning to feel the fans giving him that kind of last sense of of appreciation and loyalty and love. And I think it was overpowering. What was interesting, uh, even in the last show, he gave a very heartwarming speech, but he did not break down. He did not weep I was I was right at the lip of the stage he 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 did not tear up now I don't know if he was fighting it but it was interesting that he was much more emotional at the outset than he was at the end and I'm just wondering that there's a part of him as much as he loves uh performing I think you know during covid he was home for 2 years he spent time with his family which unexpectedly at that time right and maybe he's got a, a a taste and said i really like
0: this, this isn't so bad spend, Be, you know, yeah time because with the
3: if you think about it for the last 52 years since 1970 when his career totally took off he really has not had any kind of a break right or, or any sense of like of, you know, a family a quote normal life exactly and he and he was forced to here yeah. yeah. and so uh, it was interesting i felt that uh, what was your favorite part of the show yeah,
0: because it's it's the isn't it the same? It's the show? same show. Yeah, it's the yeah. same
3: show. Now I said this initially, and I will still say, in terms of his performance, the way the song was performed and the entire production, they had this beautiful uh, video representation. My favorite song of the night always was "Someone Save My Life Tonight" because it was very emotional. It's a it's, it's a personal song to him. It's about how at when he was nineteen, he was engaged to be married. And then uh, one of his friends told him, "You you can't get married to this woman. You yeah. can't do this." Right. And so it was a very personal lyric. And so he really just sang the hell out of. it. There's a right. line in there where he says, "Thank God my music's still alive." Yeah, yeah. And it, 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 so that was always a very emotional. And the crowd really uh, reacted uh,
0: into it. I always I one of my. I think f- that there are probably a lot of diehards like you though in that final show, right?
3: Oh yeah! Oh, there were. It wasn't people, just
0: an average show. There were I
3: mean, people. There was. You know, what? Believe me, everybody says how I'm the biggest. There is no such thing as the as the greatest Elton John fan, because there's no such thing. Because there are many, many, and I have met many, many of them, at that show in in, in Stockholm. There were people from Australia. There were people from Dubai. <laughs> there were people from England. There were people from all around the United States. There was a woman from Poland. Um, there are a lot of people that share that kind of, I don't know. I mean, he's been around for a long time, but I think his music is such that it, you know, and his personality is philanthropy. Um, he just has bred and inspired a, a, such a loyal following, right? I mean, once again, there were people that 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 were there not only for the Stockholm show. They they started in Paris a week and a half, two weeks before, and went to Paris and Zurich. They followed it and Copenhagen. To be- I was the goofball who flew back home and then got on a plane four days later to go back. Inactive. Wow! <laughs> because yeah. I uh, well, you were dedicated.
0: Was going. I don't understand it uh, honestly. I think it's a little nuts, but. <laughs> Well but, why well here's a question by, by, why, God bless you for but it. wh- why? What's you, that it's something that you enjoy that you love who am I to say Yeah and I'm not and I'm not going to defend it but my question is what's
3: the difference between that and somebody who's been a 50 year bears season ticket holder?
0: What's the difference? Well, each game, that, I mean, if they've gone to 214 games, and I imagine there are plenty of people who have gone to every game for the right. last 50 years, but it's a different game every time.
3: And sometimes those games are terrible, and they're, they're a waste of your time. At right. least I know that I'm going to see a great show for two hours and 40 minutes. Right. No, I'm not, and I'm def- defending
0: it, but, but everybody says, oh. It's, I still think it's nuts.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I
0: hear what you're saying, I but. Mean, it, but it, it,
3: you know, I, I, just, I just
0: can't think of. I've said this to you many times before. Yeah. I can't think of anything I like that much.
3: <laughs> I am very. When I find something that I like, I am. I've yes, driven. So I've, I've bought the same brand of car for the last thirty-two years. Hmm. I have the same. Um, I can uh, see you have the same clothes for the last same clothes years. same same handyman. I've been married for thirty two years. When I find something that I like, I go to yep. the same restaurants. Yep. When I have handyman, as I said, call yep. the guy. Yep. When I find something, I, like I, it, I, I
0: <laughs> that has nothing to do with you it. Kids, get off my lawn! <laughs> no,
3: oh, I can't stand when they're on my lawn. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, so th- I've always been <coughs> very loyal to things, and so this has I, been a huge I, I part of it. my life. What, what are you going to do now? Well, that's a good question. Save a lot of money, first oh, of all, right? Um, and uh, it's going to be interesting.
0: I mean, I mean, you don't have a desire to follow somebody else.
3: Well, I'm a big Springsteen fan. I, I've seen him sixty times, um, but I and I've seen him throughout the country. I haven't I haven't seen him outside the country. Um, I saw him in in Milwaukee. I don't have tickets to see him in uh, at so at Wrigley Field. yet. Yeah, so I'm wondering whether I'm going to go or not.
0: Yeah, but um, well, it's very interesting, and it's been and it's been just so I, cool. Because I just think it's so fascinating. I've seen your memorabilia. I've you are completely and totally dedicated to him, and in, in many ways, I. Uh, I love that somebody is so into something like that because I can't think of... Uh, seriously, <laughs> I really can I like a lot of things. I can't think of anything I like that I would go see at 214 And time. don't
3: forget, this mu- This music was what... You know, we, we always cling to the music that we grew up with. I guess. And that was the music that was on in the early 70s. Yeah, and, true. As, as a little And I was a, a little kid, Someone so.
0: Saved My Life Tonight is your favorite.
3: Well, that's not my favorite song, but in this show,
0: I just think... What's the, your favorite Elton John song?
3: I'd probably say Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me.
0: Hmm. I, I, it's very dramatic. I think my Elton John taste got damaged when I was a pop music DJ. Well, because you just heard, because we played these songs over and over and over and over. So I like his kind of off. Oh, the deep cuts, and I could name you cuts. some songs
3: that I that, that, but people wouldn't know them.
0: So right. that's why I don't really mention. Like those. I think I've told you that his song, uh, I, I'm not so sure it's a deep cut. It was kind of a hit. Uh, mama can't buy you oh Low. you always play that a lot as it's, a, my as a favorite,
3: it's my favorite it's my favorite oh that was a top 10 that was a top 10 song yeah, too That's I like sort of that song yeah from 1979 they kind of brought him back a little
0: yeah yeah all right well let's take a break and uh, when we come back i want to talk about hot dogs mm-hmm. uh, not favorite hot dog places but this coming wednesday is national hot dog day I'm pretty sure proclaimed so by Congress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who
6: officially
3: does it? I seen. I actually saw. I think it the, does the president it. may
0: have. Well, yeah, I think the president and a Joint Session. It's the first thing that they've all agreed on in 50 years <laughs> that it should be National Hot Dog Day, uh, and I've got some unusual hot dog uh, ways to prepare hot dogs with ketchup that I want to share. <laughs> Uh, and uh, i want to get some from you i'm going to be demonstrating some of these on television this coming week uh that's all coming up in our uh, the next half hour we get into our our, our food time show here all right twelve twenty eight is the time we'll update news in a minute and then get into our uh, food time show for today wiener talk we well <laughs> that was a late night show that used to be on WGN. i think that wasn't that a segment on kathy and judy's show probably on many, sex on sex wednesday many many years ago uh, the uh uh on our food time show uh this week uh we're going to be t- uh celebrating national hot dog day and uh i did this once before we did a hot dog segment where i did a whole bunch of different kind of gourmet hot dogs you know, like fancy schmancy toppings and things like that. You would have thought I murdered somebody's grandmother <laughs> because I was messing with the traditional. You are blasphemous, Chicago style hot dog. So, you know, and I don't want to do a segment of here's how you make a Chicago style hot dog. I was like, that's not an interesting. No, it's been done a million segments. So. I am going to have Chicago style hot dogs. Not going to spend a lot of time on it on TV, but I am going to show them so you know. It's your cucumber salt. That I am not a communist. <laughs> uh, I am going to have a bottle of ketchup on the table. <gasps> you should. I don't plan on using it, but I respect that many people do. I uh, always have ketchup. Uh, and I'm going to do three different hot dog recipes that are that pay tribute to the classic ways yet are a little bit different at the same time Mm. so we'll see i may get uh, rung out of chicago on a (laughs) rail uh, again but what the hell i'm gonna give it a try oh that makes me want to listen are you gonna go to that uh, I would like it. You're a huge... I've been to Earth, Wind, and Fire that's concerts I mean. You're 214 times. <laughs> I must
1: I must work in a quick announcement here that the news is uh, sponsored by Oak Trace Senior
0: Living. Oh, it sounds like somebody forgot <laughs> to do that earlier. <clears throat> Who could that have been? Well, <laughs> that's our first mistake we've ever made on this show. I, ever. Yeah. Document in that. The,
1: in the 13 years I've been here. Write that down at 1236, here, Okay, for the first years? time. It's 13 and a half, actually, oh, now. Who like
3: was a, your newsman before
0: seems Dave? Seems like a lot longer do than that. Remember?
1: Don Norton was <laughs>
0: it? Oh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> they have a support group of people who used to do news <laughs> on the show.
3: <laughs> they get together. while Dean's in a in a church basement. Right. Hi, my name is Dave, and I work with Dean. Rob Hart. Hi, to, Dave. Or or Rob Hart used to be? He, oh, of course.
0: Yes. He got out of radio yep. completely. No, he's on BBM. <laughs> he says, no, he's out of radio. <laughs> Dead to me. Okay, Shwani, anything else you forgot that you need to do? No, no, that's it. Any barometric pressures you want to throw in or anything? No. Hey, you're going to like this. Listen to this, uh, Shwani. This is right down your alley.
7: Hot dogs, Armour hot dogs.
3: What kind of kids eat Armour hot dogs?
0: Fat kids,
3: <laughs> kids skinny kids, kids, kids. You couldn't sing this song today. Even kids with chicken pox of hot dogs.
5: <laughs> Armour hot dogs. Hot dogs do
3: <laughs> You couldn't write that song today. Imagine
0: a commercial today. That- it's no. all shaming. Talk about it's- fat kids. <laughs> it's all
3: shaming. <laughs> That's that's a bullying song today. <laughs> it's a, even fat kid, <laughs> fat kids, skinny kids, kids who climbs on rocks.
0: Oh my gosh, tall kids. Uh, but look at this classic commercial. I mean, we were all singing along with oh, it. Oh yeah,
3: we knew it by heart.
0: Uh, and it's because of the love of the good old American hot dog. And we sort
3: of born not he, not born here, but Oscar Mayer was here.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah uh it's uh you know one of you know some people say you know oh look at the ingredients you know what stop spoiling my hot dog fun with look at the ingredients look at the ingredients of anything in moderation uh, a hot dog every once in a while is not that uh, bad of a thing and you know m- most people here in chicago at least anyway like their chicago style hot dogs but there are a variety of toppings that people enjoy on hot dogs And I'd like to talk about some of those right now because this coming Wednesday is National Hot Dog Day. And on my television cooking segment this coming week, I'm going to be introducing three Unusual ways to prepare hot dogs. Now, did you come up to with present these? to present these hot dogs? And you came up with these? I've been inspired by you know other recipes mm-hmm. and things like that. Right. I don't I don't think that I'm uh, that much of a genius to like completely invent no, these but, kind of things. My but, point is, yeah. but inspired by other right. uh, things, I have come up with some of these others. So I want to get to those, uh, and I want but I would like to hear what. Uh, you are all putting on your hot dogs out there Uh, and dare we approach (laughs) the ketchup topic i don't know why this is such a when i I was
3: when i was in grammar school we had hot dog good old saint bartholomew on the northwest side and we had only three choices ketchup mustard and relish right and i used to get Ketchup only because I never liked mustard. blasphemer. And I never even when I was a kid we didn't have it. I never before I had hot dog day in grammar school. I never saw relish. I did not even know what it was. We never had it in our house, hmm. and I wasn't a big fan of mustard because you know ketchup is nice. It got that nice, nice sugar, sweet, sugary. Yeah, that's you know sweet. mustard has. You know, when you're a little kid, yeah. you like sweet things. Well, you don't I like. Think, I think tangy as a kid
0: or- we used to have mustard and ketchup on ours because that's what we put on our burgers, right. So therefore it was also okay on hot dogs. I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I mean. But we put you when, know, did this, I, when did I, this? When did this thing I, I things... grew up in a Greek house where you know it's like feta cheese and right a lamb's head and it's like <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of things would you know wind up on your plate. When
3: did this this militant hot dog topping I'm thing start? Sure. I'm not sure.
0: It wasn't always around. Do, so do you put, when you have a hot dog now you put ketchup?
3: On? No. So now when I would go to a Gene and Jude's or someplace like that, I will just get the Chicago style. Oh, they'll
0: kill you at Gene and Jude's. Yeah. Oh, they don't even give you ketchup. If you uh, yeah, they they have a sign up right. Don't even ask for it.
3: In fact, you know what? There's a McDonald's next to the Gene and Jude's on the corner. Yeah. No. People were going to the McDonald's and asking for ketchup. They'd go to the drive-thru. Uh, they now charge 25 cents per packet. A packet of ketchup. Because the Gene and Jews wouldn't give it wouldn't to them. Wouldn't
0: give it. That's funny. Uh, I, I personally don't put it on my hot dog a- anymore. I don't really anymore. But,
3: uh, what but I, I have no problems in
0: doing what it. What do I care if somebody has ketchup on their hot dog? <laughs> I don't know if it was like in the 80s when this militant... Things started, but my gosh. Yeah, I don't don't understand the hatred for that. So when I do my segment this week, I'm going to have many condiments out on the table, all the traditional ones, and... A bottle of ketchup. Good for you, because there may be people. Our our crew and and I you hope know, you have people.
3: security, because there may be people driving up near Addison and Western, <laughs> and you might get run over. Right,
0: <laughs> I've, I've dealt with some pretty controversial <laughs> topics before, but never one as uh, uh, volatile as the ketchup. I hope they have extra security. Having for ketchup it. out on my table while I'm doing, uh, you know, this. Um, so I'm I'm going to offer it. Uh, you know, if people want it, fine, and if you don't. Keep walking. That's all you got to do. What
3: if I drove up?
0: Yeah. During your segment. Yeah. Could
3: I have? Could I? Could I? Could I find you?
0: Well, uh, uh, there's a security gate, so you can't just. Oh, I couldn't get in. Drive up. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: Because I would like Plus, to. Plus, taste-
0: many years ago, I've left uh, photos of you <laughs> at our front gate uh, with a big red line through it so because there's sometimes i doubt watching, you'd get through the i'm
3: watching your segment i'm like god i wish i was there right yeah. now well
0: you can come anytime that you want uh you know just let us know and oh, okay that way i can make All sure i have plenty what? of extra security around <laughs> me <laughs> but uh so here, these, these are the the top this is what i'm going to do with hot dogs i am going to have traditional Chicago style hot dogs, steam buns, onion, uh, the, the usual mustard. onion relish, sport peppers, celery salt, right. pickle, spear. Well, that's right, the
3: celery salt, not cucumber salt, yeah. celery Pick- salt,
0: pickles, uh, pickle spear, the, right. all the usual, the tomato. Wedge. So, if somebody wants a traditional, you can have a traditional. But what I'm uh, also uh, going to offer is a Chicago style hot dog, but instead of on a bun, on a, a warm tortilla. So, oh, a soft? Soft tortilla that I'm going to put on the grill to warm it up and put some char marks on it.
3: Oh.
0: Caramelize it a little bit. Take the tortilla off, put the hot dog on and all the traditional toppings. And then it's like a hot dog wrap. So you fold it all
3: right. Yeah. It's like, like a taco. It's like a
0: hot dog taco. All right. This. Right. Yeah. Oh, now that's not bad. So I think that's going to be I might show up for that one. That might be fewer carbs also. So it, that might that might be my healthy... Uh, well,
3: there's still carbs in the tortilla.
0: Now, maybe not as much as a hot dog bun, though. Really? I don't know. Oh. I'm not sure.
3: But that now that sounds and it's then and, and what's good about that is it's still easy to eat.
0: Yeah, easy to eat with because that's know, a key. It's a one hand uh, thing. Yeah, because
3: a lot of times when they a lot of these places they put so much on the hot dog that you can't even eat it. Too much. You that's, don't even.
0: That's my pet peeve with traditional. Yeah, everything Chicago falls style. off. It's too much. You know they yeah. call it dragging through the garden. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's. Yeah. I don't want that much garden. <laughs> it falls uh, off. I, you know, I'm fine with just a small amount of garden. Uh, this is Dave, who's got some hot dog toppings for us.
6: Hi, Dave. You're yes, on WGN. I call it, uh, either mock kimchi or enhanced sauerkraut. It's basically oh. tinned sauerkraut heated up with uh, sauteed uh, radishes, oh. anchovy paste, uh, cayenne pepper, garlic, oh. onions, oh, and. God. Um, ginger and soy, and, wow. it, it, like, like it's, well, and I put it. In, I have the butter, the hot dog, butterflied, yeah. and to hold more stuff. I use not a regular hot dog, but I use a brat bun.
0: Oh, see, that's a good idea.
6: So that's almost like an Asian
0: take. That's, on. that's an Asian, and of course,
6: take. Th- this is uh, another variation. Of course, uh, inspired by Big Bang Theory. Of course, not on a bun, but you know, uh, remember the the. Uh, Sheldon Leonard uh, uh, not Sheldon Leonard but Sheldon Cooper character uh, his favorite thing was uh, uh, spaghetti with uh, cut up hot dogs right Right.
0: with
6: with, (laughs) with, uh, Strawberry Quick the best tasting uh, strawberry
3: oh
0: my gosh yeah with the pink rabbit oh my gosh Strawberry Quick that was the worst-tasting beverage, <laughs> well, the, in the, my the opinion. The
6: best-tasting pink food, of course, is Pepto-Bisball. Right. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, really. I can't think of too many foods that are pink, which are actually delicious. But, uh, wow, that what a what a blast from the past just hearing that. An Asian take, though. That's interesting. Now, you could but, just... Like I
6: say, yeah, and uh, the other way, like I say, uh, so that you fit, I, I take the hot dog, fry it, butterfly, fry it in oil, and yeah. then... Lay it in, and then top it with a, like I say, the enhanced sauerkraut, right, uh, and then right. that way it uh, gets more of it put in. and that I, good. You, get it almost like a char style, like a New Jersey style yeah, hot
0: dog. Yeah, I like that. I like all that. Uh, it, you know, and if all those ingredients seem overwhelming, you can just go to the store and buy a jar of kimchi. Uh, that would be a nice uh, kimchi on a hot dog would be fantastic. You know what I've done on uh, hot dogs and brats? I put uh, Italian jardiner on it. Oh, that works. Put a little Italian jardiner. there. It's super easy wow. instead of relish, and, uh, you know, it's got a fantastic, you know, bite Oil taste uh, to the whole thing. It gets a little oily. Dave, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Let's get to Larry. What's your hot dog topping, my friend?
6: Yeah, I like to go to Fortillo's, not four Fortillo's four and Volo. What is it called? Four?
0: Four Tillo's?
6: Tillo's
0: and Volo. Volo. Up, up in- by the Auto Museum.
6: Uh, yep, yep. Uh, uh, well, uh, north of there. Okay. But uh, the, uh, well, they're, yeah, they're right around there. Uh, got a double dog chili cheese with onions on mm.
3: it. Oh, you got to love a chili cheese, dog.
6: You're not going to drive eating that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, those are always messy, but it's worth the
6: mess.
0: Yeah,
3: that's. Yeah,
6: you need a fork, yeah, you need a fork and a knife with that. Yeah. Uh,
0: speaking, speaking of chili dogs, uh, one of the other recipes that I'm going to do on TV this coming Wednesday, I'm going to do a chili dog pizza. A Ch- chili dog pizza. Chili dog pizza. So it's a you know a pizza cr- regular pizza crust. You put a layer. I'm going to put a layer of canned chili on it. I so mean, that's your base. You can make your own if you want to. But that's
3: but kind of like your that's your my red tomato sauce, sauce right. right.
0: That's the base. I cut up the weenies. Into bite sized <laughs> bite size pieces. I think I'm gonna grill. Oh, oh, I'm gonna. No. I'm gonna grill the uh, hot dogs first because I want a little char taste on them.
3: So instead of your sausage,
0: or instead your of pepperoni, I guess instead of sausage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm gonna grill it, cut them up in bite sized pieces, sprinkle it around the pizza, and then uh, all the other hot dog toppings. You know, onion relish, uh, p- pickles. Would
3: you put the pickle on that as well? I think I
0: would put... Even little, with the chili? I think I would put little bites of it. I would cut it in bite-sized pieces and mm-hmm. put it on. Because that's kind of acidic. That's yeah, a little... It doesn't bother me. But, you know, put whatever you want yeah. on it. You... What about the, uh, the the shredded... And then cheddar? Top, it, top it all with some shredded cheese, sh- cheddar cheese. Nice. Like you would on a chili dog. And then you would melt the cheese? I would put... Then i put the whole thing in, on my... I'm going to put it on my grill on a pizza stone or indirect method on the grill, let it melt, and the pizza crust gets nice and crispy and you've got yourself a chili dog on a pizza slice. So would I eat that as a slice or would I fold it? I wouldn't fold it. No. I think it would it'll be, be too, too crusty. Yeah. In fact I think I would cut the pieces tavern style small right. to make it a little easier to eat because that that's that guy's gonna be a little messy mm. for sure. Uh Marianne, hi you're on WGN
10: Hey, how's it going, Dean? Good. You know, my mother and I ate hot dogs on tortillas years ago. Is that right? Yes, and I would put a piece of cheese in the middle, warm the tortilla oh. up, roll the hot dog in it, and then the cheese helped the tortilla stay closed. Yes. And the hot dog didn't shoot out of the tortilla.
0: <laughs> well, you don't want your hot dog shooting out of your tortilla anybody knows that that (laughs) (laughs) so wait a minute so you take the tortilla and you put just a piece of cheese and uh whatever
10: kind of cheese you want on there make sure it covers most of the tortilla
0: all right so so you've got the the tortilla the uh cheese cheese, then the hot dog and then your other toppings right
10: whatever you want we just ate it with cheese with just like a cheese dog oh okay that'd
0: be good all right that would be good And I'll
10: tell you, the best hot dogs I had back in the 60s and 70s was at a place in Lincoln Square, it's not there, called Lubin's. Lubin's. And she would split that hot dog, put it face down on the grill, put a weight on top of it, nice. and then she toasted the bun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh
0: yeah, that's And those good are
10: eating. the days when you got a hot dog with whatever you want and a big basket of fries and a drink for like a dollar and a quarter. Oh,
0: that's, that's good eating right there. That's <laughs> that, all good eating. Dem's good eats. <laughs> my uh, my mom would uh, take a hot dog and score it with a knife like a uh, spiral. spiral around the whole hot dog so then when she put it on the grill it would it would open open a little bit right and it was so pretty (laughs) but also you know to the point of the previous caller you put then you put it on your toasted bun and you you can put a lot more things on it because now it's all opened up yeah and the ingredients get inside of the grooves that you've made from the spiralization of it Oh, that's interesting
10: yeah i never saw a spiraled hot dog (laughs) well I forgot to tell you last time I spoke to you, Saga po.
0: Oh, Fakaristo.
10: <laughs> are,
0: are you going to, uh, are, do you just know a few Greek words plus the swear words that I urge you not to use? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah,
10: yeah, yeah, because I grew up at Lawrence in California. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, that's uh, the big time. That's the St. Demetrius uh, Greek Church
10: my, over there. I think their girlfriends Greek girlfriends Fest is we coming up in a few weeks. We were babysitting. Weeks. And the apartment faced Lawrence Avenue, and these three guys were walking across the street, and she said, yell, Sagapo. I said, what does that mean? She says, it means go to hell. I said, Sagapo. And they go, and coming closer and closer. And when she told me what it meant, I said, I'm going to kill you. It
0: actually means I love you.
10: (laughs) I know. (laughs) And there was one place, um, it was called Char House over on Oakton. By Lehigh, and the girl actually had on her license plate Sagopol. Oh, see,
0: big Greek fest going on on uh, Caldwell Avenue today. Saint Saint,
3: Halabalaba.
0: Haral- <laughs> Saint
3: Saint Haralabus
0: Greek Orthodox
3: Church. <laughs> that's not a real word
0: on uh, Caldwell, just north of uh, Tui. Oh uh, yeah,
10: I know. It's by Barnabys, and they have the police out there.
0: By Barnabys, that's true. There is a Barnabys on Tui up and up that direction.
10: I'm oh, Caldwell at uh, Oakden, the last Barnabys in it, the city. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes, they've all closed down.
0: I've seen it. I've seen it. Barnaby's uh, definitely a part of my, my misspent ute. <laughs> Marianne? I
10: we well, have that one on Tui, and I was actually working at the one in Niles when the place in Tui sold, mm-hmm. and within two weeks, it was a synagogue.
0: Oh, Wow. That's I'm quite like,
10: a, who has not in the temple and smell pizza. I
0: smell Italian sausage.
10: <laughs> your stomach will be going. Oh, wow.
0: okay. All right, Marianne, you have a good day. Try to open up a little bit. Come out of your shell.
10: I know. I try to try to try to have a good time. There today. you go.
0: And Marianne, one more thing. Sagapo. Uh, And I'll just apologize in advance for anything that we may do uh, this coming week.
3: (laughs) I'm going to bring my wise men that now have been to Bethlehem. Oh. See, I brought my three wise men when we went to uh, when you went to, to the Israel, the Holy Land. Yes, went to the Holy Land, and they, I brought them to the church in the Nativity. Wow! So they have been there again. It took them two thousand years, but my back. wise men made it back. Yeah.
0: Uh, do they say "Made in Japan" anywhere on China? China, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, it's China. Naturally, All right, it's twelve fifty eight. Just uh, real quick, we're you know talking about some hot dogs and hot dog toppings on our Food Time show for this week. Uh, I'm going to be cooking some special hot dog creations uh, on my Wednesday TV cooking segment, including uh, the hot dog taco, the chili dog pizza, and also I'm going to be doing a puffed pastry uh, hot dog. Uh, that it could not be simpler, and it's a really uh, interesting and fun way. And all all of these very you like know, a
3: pig in the blanket,
0: kind of like a pig in the blanket, or you know, when you go to the airport and you see that Auntie Anne's, oh, like with the they, uh, the pretzel, they wrap the yeah. hot dogs in like a pretzel dough. This is going to be with puff pastry, a little bit different, but. Uh, i just thought you know this would be a fun thing almost like a corn dog really right uh, you just you know and w- they have
3: corn dogs wipe you know. a little
0: sauce yeah, uh, you, with the uh, mustard, mustard on it and you'll be in town so anyway we're going to uh, do all that wednesday on tv uh, i will see you on bob Surratt's show as we do every weekday between 8 and eight thirty, talking entertainment and having some fun and uh, i really urge you to tune in and listen to see which ancient interviews I'm going to be pulling out of uh, the trunk.